0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.
1: Morning. All papers this morning and rip.ie talk about the um, farewell to the great Teddy Mac. Uh, the echo carries it this morning. The sporting community of Cork, actually the entire community of Cork, particularly the greater Glanmire area, will certainly be paying tribute to the legendary Cork hurler and footballer Teddy McCarthy as they prepare to mark his final journey this weekend. I'm reading from the Echo, but there's a lot online uh, regarding this. In fact, I did see online. It's going to be such a very, very, very well supported funeral. And due to the volume visitors to the Riverstown, Glenmire, Sallybrook area on Saturday for Teddy's final journey through Glenmire. That will start at about 9.45 from Hazelwood Funeral Home, heading towards Brook Lodge. It'll pass Sars Hurling Club, going into St. Joseph's View, onto the Riverstown Cross and then onto to Spring Hill Church. Uh, and a tribute to Teddy will line the route and the clubs, you know, certainly there'll be tributes from the clubs. You, the clubs, you can be sure of that. Sars and I imagine, Glenmire will join together for that. Uh, but a lot of the papers this morning then carry, um, you know, little little updates for the public. They're saying due to the expectation of unprecedented numbers expected to attend the funeral, they're asking people to line the route, line the route, um, rather than everybody trying to culminate in any one particular area, and start lining the route uh, from about a quarter to ten tomorrow morning so um, as I say it's very very sad funeral afterwards to Rathcuni Cemetery um, and the papers this morning carry it and online carries in quite some some detail it's tragically sad but I'm quite sure that this weekend certainly tomorrow Saturday for the day itself for the removal and the funeral people will show their respects and their love for Teddy McCarthy by being there uh, to uh, say a fond farewell isn't that the most tragic story I mean that story coming out of Annecy in France, the town of Annecy in France. This man has got to be the world's greatest coward. Now, I, and, I, and I say that because, you know, to lunge and to stab toddlers in a pram. Now, there could be psychiatric issues here. I don't know. Uh, there certainly doesn't seem to be any kind of drink or drugs because they've arrested him and uh, they, they haven't found any issues there. So, what would motivate somebody to do what he did? Um, all of the papers carry today, screaming mum cries, run, run, as he stabs children in their prams. Four young kids wounded after a Syrian man runs amok with a blade. Coward lunged at little boy in pram as he stabbed four playtime toddlers. It's beyond a nightmare, you know, in your worst dreams and nightmares. You could not imagine that that would happen to your child or a child in a playground, but it did. The papers say um, that apparently this individual... Um, who is named actually? His name is uh, he's a Syrian refugee, Abdalmasi al- H. Uh, uh, a 31 year old. He was eventually overpowered and arrested by police. They they got to him uh, within um, within four minutes. They um, actually shot him in the leg. Uh, but the papers this morning are saying uh, it's, it's just trying to work out why. I don't think it ever be able to work out why he did what he did. But what we do know is he was um, he had a, he had an application for asylum in France that had been rejected. And the reason that it was rejected was that he'd already been accepted um, as um, uh, an asylum seeker and he'd been accepted in Sweden and he'd lived there for about a decade. Now, he he's um, 32 years old and he was seen carrying a large blade and shouting in the name of Jesus Christ in English as he clinched a crucifix around his neck. Now, he had been in Europe for several years. Uh, But in November, he applied for asylum in France. Now, his marriage had collapsed in Sweden. He had a Swedish wife uh, and he left her. And uh, he also left his three-year-old child and, and moved to France. So he'd been in Europe for several years and in November had applied for asylum in France and had been turned down. Uh, It's just beyond horrific. It's beyond nightmare. It's in a different league entirely. So many of the papers carried that on the front and inside pages. Uh, In other news, um, to those of you who uh, wonder who's running the ship or who's got their hand on the tiller, uh, it's hard to know a lot of the time, particularly when you see stories like the front of the mail today where they're saying that we have a €10 billion surplus for this year. It's a €10 billion surplus that wasn't expected Uh, And yet we find ourselves in such dire straits in so many different ways. On top of that, of course, they'll they'll even get more money in because they're going to increase corporation tax. Anybody running a company or a business will be far from glad to hear that. And that's going to bring in uh, another huge chunk of change as well as that, uh, because people are working so hard and paying so much tax, they're actually getting an extra windfall from PRSI as well, of an extra billion euro that they weren't expecting. Um, So what are they going to do with all of that? You know, all these extra billions in PRSI, the 10 billion euro surplus, the corporation tax increases. Uh, Squander it? Waste it? I don't know. I mean, History tells us that, doesn't it? Um, Also, we see many of the papers today talking about issues involving Ireland being fined by the European Union, being able to house refugees it was easier for the irish to or the irish state to pay the fine rather than find accommodation for them but the examiner is saying this morning that the amount of refugees arriving across the summer will rise refugee arrival rate may rise across the summer Um, already of course we're at capacity uh, totally and utterly and the state now apparently has now signed even more contracts to secure an extra 1,500 beds. I imagine this is from the private sector. It's about 6,500 beds have been procured so far this year. Uh, so they've managed, apparently, I don't know how, certainly going into the summer, you know, managed to find another 1,500 beds, imagine primarily in in hotels. But certainly one way of doing it is by using student accommodation across the summer. And this, this has happened in Cork. Um, some student complexes, particularly the larger ones that are, Devoid now of students across the summer have taken in uh, Ukrainian refugees and they're putting the figure on this is that about 5000 student beds will be used to house migrants across the summer. They're also uh, planning according to the Independent this morning more rapid built homes to be constructed by the end of next year to ease the crisis. They're talking about something in the region of 1500 homes rapid build. How rapid I don't know. How quickly they get up I don't know. I couldn't find that answer in any of the papers this morning, but I'm quite sure much, much faster than a traditional home. So these are all of the things that they're attempting to do to quell the influx um, of people fleeing, fleeing war. And I think, I think, I think it puts things in, in perspective when you find the Russians just blow up a dam, right? And they flood uh, pretty much all of uh, you know, uh, southern Ukraine um, and so many, so many people are left homeless. Um, that's a particularly cruel act, don't you think? That's the kind of thing that many refugees from Ukraine are running from. You know, um, you know, crucifixes and religious imagery, certainly in hospitals. That's back in the papers this morning because St. Vincent's University Hospital um, have removed Catholic imagery and all artefacts from public display. And there's a priest at the centre of this story who's claiming that uh, staff and patients at the hospital are very upset at this. Um, the holy images and crucifixes have been removed from public display. It's a lengthy article making the mail, but one paragraph says that there were concerns that the religious icons and imagery would compromise the hospital's ability to carry out abortions. So that's an interesting one. Um, You talk about people's respect uh, to make choices in their own lives, certainly when it comes to termination or abortion. But what about the elderly, whose rights really have been trampled on? And that's what it's about, really. You know, it's, it's not really about, you know, the Beaumont residential nursing care home. This is, okay. this is about the nursing home not being able to survive on the amount of money that's given by a fair deal. But, and they need more. But what this is about, this isn't the HSC or Fair Deal or any of the politicians or the government saying that they won't do business with the nursing home. This is the government actually saying that we won't look after the elderly because those are the ones that will suffer because of this. So now there's another picket now again today. More protests outside the core constituency offices of Michal Martin, Simon Coveney, and Michael McGrath, and I hope it's a story that I will revisit and talk with other people, certainly the sons and the daughters and the relatives of those that are in nursing care, and you never know, you might be listening and you might want to get on air yourself. Do pick up the phone, text 086-8104-106. You know the beauty of Murphy's Rock? That makes the front of the this morning's echo. They've put together the Murphy's Rock and Bride Valley Support Group, uh, this beautiful land up there, and it has been preserved for many, many years, and it's much loved by people of the community. There's about 200 acres of wetland up there, right? Um, and it's been, uh, it's been a home and a habitat for thousands of species of animals and plants, many of which are endangered, but thriving away nicely, thank you very much, above in Murphy's Rock. But what have they gone and done? Well, they've just gone and earmarked much of it for development with potentially hundreds of houses uh, being built there. And I suppose that's the two-edged sword that we're kind of on really we need housing we need apartments but also we need beautiful places to be able to go but there's a fight on now to save the wetland of Murphy's Rock and that makes the front page of this morning's uh, Irish Examiner interestingly just in kind of uh, lighter news although this isn't quite light if you if you're a cyclist and you've been hit by a car you got grief from a motorist but there's research out this morning makes the Irish Independent that says that uh, helmets make cyclists look less human and could be one of the reasons why there is aggressive aggressive drivers um, taking on cyclists because they have these kind of uh, I don't know alien looking helmets on their heads and they also have these high vis jackets. They look aggressive and they look less human. So they surveyed an awful lot of people and that's what they said that cyclists who wear all of the gear look. Um, less than fully human Um, and that this dehumanization of the cyclist could be one of the reasons why there are more aggressive behaviors from drivers of motor cars. Interesting thought, isn't it? If you're going off on your holidays and you've been booked, well done. If you're waiting for a last-minute deal, uh uh-uh, may not be a good idea because this morning the mail says that holidaymakers are being warned, do not hold out for last minute deals to sunny destinations they just ain't there because demand has gone through the roof and prices have soared now those involved in the travel business with people going overseas are flying it at the moment and of course the airlines themselves are doing very well thank you very much because of demand but the cost of package holidays has increased by 18 percent from last summer 18 percent dearer And 14% more with regards to the cost of holidays abroad in hotels. So, again, it's more coming out of the pocket and less value being offered. There's a beautiful story of an Irish woman who has turned 100 today. And her name is Maureen Sweeney. But it's a fabulous story. And she's and hearty. They say that she's remarkable. She can walk around herself on her Zimmer frame up in the west of Ireland. But this woman is the woman behind the D-Day landings. Seriously an Irish woman whose weather report from the west of Ireland led to the postponement of D-Day and the eventual safe landing of Allied troops in Normandy has just turned 100. She was working at the observation station um, in the post office in Blacksod, Belmullet, in 1944, and her duties was, of course, to keep an eye on the weather coming in from the west. And she did just that, and the D-Day landings Uh, when more than 150,000 Allied soldiers stormed the beaches of northern France. They were originally scheduled for June 5th, but Maureen reported an incoming storm that could hamper the operation, and they delayed it because of the one and only uh, Maureen Sweeney. I think it's a fabulous story. Um, Meanwhile, um, back to 2023, I was talking about research with regards to helmets for cyclists. I probably should have mentioned this at the same time, but what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Okay, you might have a wash or a shower. You might brush your teeth. You might go down and have coffee. But is there anything you do before that? How about picking up your phone? First thing you do of the morning? Picking up your phone, scrolling. Bad news, man. Bad news, woman. Bad for the brain. Research this morning says that you should wait at least 20 minutes in the morning before even looking at your mobile phone. It's better for you, apparently. Better for you. 20 minutes. Half an hour if you can. Um. <laughs> I, I, I understand that because I'm actually some, it's something that I do as well not, not in the lab up, but I do go as soon as I'm down and I have the coffee. Then I start checking uh, the... Actually, hang on a second. That's probably about 20 minutes, so I think I'm okay. But for the rest of you, 20 minutes.
2: Better brain. You're listening to the number one talk show in court, The Neil Prendiville Show. It's the best in Cork On Red FM.
1: Right, so we? Let me get straight into it, because uh, I dropped on tickets yesterday afternoon to Live at the Marquee for all of my winners for Tommy Tiernan, and also I dropped the tickets down for Ollie Murs, and I was chatting with the staff. They're they're always in great form, the staff down at uh, Live at the Marquee, particularly the security. Staff they're in great form. They're a great bunch of people, and they were getting set up for, for Tommy Tiernan. He was on stage last night. One story they didn't make in the paper didn't mention in the papers this morning was that he had a fantastic gig and it was phone free. So I said I wouldn't mention in the papers because I want to talk to Amy instead. Amy, good morning. Hey Neil,
3: hey Neil, how was
1: the gig? They say that it went down a storm. A treat. Yeah, like it, it
3: was. It was it was a, a brilliant gig. Like it was very very surreal to see an entire crowd of people and not one phone
1: in sight. <laughs> I'll get to the phone in a second though. I'm told at least what uh, Emer Walsh is saying in the Examiner this morning is that if, Tommy attracts a slightly older crowd so therefore the bar area was quiet. Is that right?
3: I wouldn't say so, no. Um, like, everyone was very scattered out there. There was a lot of tables. There was a kind of an outdoor bar like in in a tent outside the main tent. Um, there was a tent area inside. What happened as well, like there was a lot of people inside really early on um, that were queuing up outside from like seven o'clock. So the minute they got left in through the, the tunnels in the main tent, they went in and just sat
1: down. And yeah, their t- time was again. No, she was saying, upon entering the venue, the marquee bar, usually mobbed by younger crowds, was quiet, with little interest amongst the audience to drink on a school night. (laughs) I thought that was well put.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought like there was, um, if you were outside when they were calling people in for when the gig was starting, you you seen the bars fill up then. Like, everyone was running to (laughs) the bars to uh, to get drinks. So, um, i say it was just the fact that they were so scattered out. There was lots of people okay. walking around with their backpacks selling drink as well from okay. them.
1: So, the the it's the queue to go in was the queue to get the pouch for the phone, was it?
3: Yeah, so there was, uh, I, I mentioned it to, uh, to Kevin earlier, that I think that the person, the security outside that was doing traffic for the cars, I reckon, didn't own a car <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> It took um, it took 35 minutes to get from past, like I was actually getting past the entrance to the National Car Centre um, down that road. It took 35 minutes to get from there to the edge of the car park.
1: It's a um, sell-out gig, though, and I suppose most of that yeah, audience was, um, probably drove. You had a designated space, did you?
3: There was... No, so they... Um, we, we got a text saying that it was a, a cashless event that... Um, to bring your your, uh, bank card with you because you wouldn't be able to use your phone because your phone would be locked away (laughs) but you could use your phone in the phone use area and so I got into the car park and they were like did you uh, pre-book online and wasn't aware there was even that facility to pre-book the car park online said no and they were like oh it's cash only for the car park Do you have cash?
1: Did you have cash?
3: Thankfully, yeah. Well, I didn't. My partner did, okay. but yeah, thankfully. So big
1: cute to get um, the car in. Now, how do these? How do these yonder pouches work?
3: So it's the same as like a security tag from from a clothing shop. Um, so you pop your phone into the pouch, and they literally close it and push in a button, so it locks it in like the the safety pin that's on the the clothes in the clothing store. Yeah. You know the ones that they yeah. they do. Yeah. So it's essentially one oh. of them now. I bought but if you, if, do
1: they ask you, do you have a phone first, is it?
3: Yeah, well, they, they assume everyone has, so they're like, you know, put your phone in, put your phone in, put your phone in. But if somebody said, um, I
1: don't have any phone, do they believe them?
3: They weren't checking any bags. Um, so I was I was very surprised with that. They've seen a couple of naggins uh, around the, the toilet areas, um, but they, they weren't. Okay, so but they didn't in.
1: pat anybody down, check any pockets. they took people at face value if they said, I don't have a phone,
3: yeah, yeah,
1: okay, okay, so there must have been upwards of five thousand perhaps five thousand mobile phones surrendered, was there
3: yeah, they on the way wow. back out they had just big giant wheelie bins that were covered in plastic bags that you just once your 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 phone is released from jail you you get to pop it into the um
1: so it goes into this little pouch, which you then keep, but you can't open it.
3: So you can go in. The the bar they had outside um, is a phone use bar. So when you're walking in, the security asks you, um, do you need your phone to pay or are you using a card? So if you say you need your phone, he'll unlock it. And then, so it's a one-way system. So to get out the other side, you have to show the locked pouch. To the other security (laughs) to get out. Now, what I did in this area was I I got my phone unlocked. I took a little makeup palette out of my bag that was a similar phone shape, shoved that into the little pouch, and showed my locked pouch on the way out with a phone looking device inside.
1: Oh, you're a serious criminal, you are.
3: Yes, I felt like a hardened criminal yeah, going out.
1: Absolutely, but
3: I felt like I felt like I was like a teenager in school. You know, like checking my phone inside my inside my handbag, like just making sure because my my son was being babysat and I just wanted to make sure you know everything was okay.
1: Yeah,
3: um, but yeah, the fear of God in case I got caught
1: with my phone. Did you take it out inside of the gig?
3: No, I literally um, clicked the the button while I was inside my bag, seen a message from my dad asking what time does my, my son go to bed so I just opened while it was still in my bag replied nine o'clock and <laughs> it's
1: kind of information so, so you should have given away. him before you left, I would have thought. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Like I, I or maybe a typical man known. he wasn't listening. <laughs> but the um, the the kind of the the food in there was two food catering trucks um, that were Again, I assumed cash only, so after queuing for 20 minutes in, in a lengthy queue, um, got up to the top and the, the lady at the cash register asked, um, are you paying cash or card? So I said, card, and she said, oh, um, actually, our card machine is down here, so you have to rejoin the other queue over there for the donut stand, which looked like it was a 15-minute queue, um, and then queue up there, pay there, and then come back over here with your ticket.
1: Oh, that's a disaster. You see, yeah, ca- yeah, see with, with, the, with cash, the let down. that'll never happen. Mm-hmm. You see, cash is cash. Like, you just hand it and it's done. Technology yeah. will let you down. It'll fail.
3: Yes, yes, definitely. But it was, uh, overall it was, it was, it was good. But, you know, I feel like it was a bit kind of big brotherish, you know, uh, a bit monitored for
1: adults to, you know, lock your phone away. Sort okay, of so thing. when the gig is over, how do you unlock the phone?
3: Uh unlock the pouch. The pouch I mean. Yeah, so they, they open the floodgates, um the the, the fire exits, they'll say, out of the marquee. Um and there's people stood there. So I would advise anyone that, that's ever going to one of these gigs that has their phone locked in a pouch, bolt as fast as you can ahead of that queue. Um because otherwise you're in a queue of five thousand people trying to get their phone unlocked. So all of the um, five
1: thousand have to queue for somebody to physically unlock the the pouch
3: yeah yeah oh they're, they're still God. there with this big round disc thing with a magnet Is in it, it that worth will it though?
1: why why do people have to surrender their phones what, what's I, the reason i for think it? a
3: lot of it was probably to do with some of the jokes um that that were told last night if, if some of them were publicized or got out in the media like they they like I felt like I should have probably been arrested for laughing at some of the jokes
1: okay without g- going into the details of the joke, what were the subject matters
3: um there was um young kids being um interfered with um was was the subject of one um young kids on the the late late show with their disabilities that are apparently getting worse year by year that it would have started off with a cough back in the 70s and now um, it's almost like the, the show is waiting for somebody to die on stage so you can text in and so they can try earn money.
4: Right. So okay. they were, um,
3: yeah. yeah as you say, like if, if some of them were, were you know recorded and, and got out, I reckon there there could have been some bother. Okay,
1: but- paedophilia and, and disability and people you felt guilty about laughing, but people did laugh.
3: They did laugh. Like, some of it, like, it was it was humorous stuff that, that he was kind of doing with it. It wasn't viciously targeted. Like, he mentioned something about an age on an interview, um, and then he was there was somebody came up in the interview, and he was hoping to God that they wouldn't say the age that he had just said. So, Everyone else gasped when, there was, when the age came out, but he had a sigh of relief when it wasn't the age that he had said, you know, that sort of thing.
1: No, I don't quite follow that one, but I'm quite sure it was funny in the moment.
3: Yeah, yeah. The, um, but yeah, as they say, like some, some of the stuff that kind of went on, you know, he said, like, some stuff then was very innocent. You know, he mentioned that um, his man was in um, purgatory, um, and I say, uh, if she's not, then um, if, if she's gone straight to heaven, then the rest of us might as well give up even trying because we we'll get straight in.
1: Yeah. Anything to do with race or minorities, minority groups?
3: Um. One. Um. Nothing. Nothing bad. Just about uh, an audience that. Um. Uh, a black audience that he. Um. Presented to in. In America. And um, that were you know beautiful women. Um, mm, okay. okay. They were like goddesses. Um, but yeah, as you say, overall it was it was a very very good event. But I'd say like that 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 would be one reason I would see why they'd want the phones locked away.
1: Because somebody said to me one of the reasons why they have phone pouches is the artist and the performer doesn't want the content of their show leaked, especially for something like a comedy gig where videos or certain jokes and stories could be put up online and ruin the show for future audiences?
2: You know, yeah, sharing sharing possibly, the jokes.
3: Possibly, but again, yeah, I feel like a big part of it like, would be, you know, where the, the kind of type of culture that, that we have now, you know, people get very easily offended by a lot of stuff, so... Correct. Yeah. It could be a cancel culture if, if some of the, the jokes got out, you know. Yeah,
1: good point. But for me, of course, I think the main reason why phones are seized and put in pouches is so that people don't use them and they're not holding them up and filming and getting in your way with their arms in the air. And that's very annoying, particularly if it's a music gig or a comedy gig like that. And you have to contend, you have to contend with somebody or groups all around you filming and just getting in your way. So that's a that's a great yeah, idea too. Yeah,
3: that that does become frustrating. But like as I say it, it it was completely surreal to see like so many groups of friends all sat there with nobody having their phones in their hands. It was like somebody
1: took you back twenty years ago in time. Isn't that brilliant though? They might even have conversations.
3: Yeah, yeah, like everyone everyone was interacting, everyone was talking, you know, people actually had to have conversations with one another as opposed to sitting in a, a group. But the, the range of, of um, ages there as well was, was drastic. Like there was definitely people there that were 18, 19, 20, right up to, you know, in their 70s, 80s. Brilliant, that's good to see. So it was, he reaches a, a lot of, you know, different audiences and even looking at people you know th- there was no one type of person or you know a majority type of person you know the way like some people might have been you know skaters or um and that
1: sort of uh, you know different different groups of people everybody was into it and you too everybody yeah thanks for reporting back on everything that happened last night at live of the marquee both on stage and off stage do appreciate it amy thank you
3: no problem, all the
1: best yes. Have a great weekend, cheers. That was the uh, phone-free gig, pouch and all, at Tommy Tiernan at the Marquee. Last night. Text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six back after the break.
2: Text the Neil Brinderville show now. 086-8104-106 Red FM. It's free Food Friday, your opportunity to win lunch for up to fifteen to twenty
1: of you. Courtesy of ourselves and roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas, and Blackpool Retail Park. I'll tell you more about the food later, but if you want to be in with a chance to winning of winning, Red Patrollers will deliver at lunchtime. You need to text who you are and where you are to O eight six eight one oh four one oh six. O eight six eight one oh Four one zero oh six, and you can have a big celebration and a big party feed, uh, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Perry Perry. If you win today, so text who you are and where you are to oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Speaking of big celebrations, we are under two hours now, under two hours to the reopening of the Dersey Island cable car, which closed last year. Uh, closed, I think, March of last year, and there was none then right across twenty twenty one. But it is expected to reopen again this morning after all sorts of work. Down west along is Joe Sullivan, the youngest farmer uh, on Darcy. Um I think there are a few other farmers there as well. He's got calves and what have you down there, but he's a, they have had a very traumatic time of it uh, with regards to their, their animals and their livestock. He joins me by phone. Joe, good morning. Good
5: morning, Neil. How are
1: you? I'm good. So the day has finally arrived. Thank God, says you, right?
5: Thank God, is right, yeah. <laughs> It's been a long tough drawn out process, but look finally finally we' at the, we're at the opening of if he got. yeah so mm-hmm. it, they,
1: they did a rev- they were looking at it or something or then they decided that it was unsafe and had to do urgent repair work that ran way over time. Was that the case?
5: Pretty much yeah I mean the, um, the towers on, on the cable car were probably neglected a little bit. I mean the Cochrane council had probably banked on putting a big double cable car system there. At, at one time, but I know planning for that did fall through. I know everyone that's listening here at the moment is, is well aware of that. You've yeah. probably seen it in headlines. But um, this was the plan then, the second plan, just to renew what was there. And if it it's renewed now, it's taken a long time. Yeah, but I yeah. know look for health and safety reasons, they, they probably just had to close it.
1: Like you don't you don't live on the island. You were born on the island though, weren't you?
5: Yeah, I was born and raised in the island. I, I then left, I, left, I left the island to, to go to primary school.
1: Would you go every morning then, when you were a kid?
5: Um, well, we left the island completely. We moved. We moved to the mainland. Oh, you moved from
1: to go. Okay, you moved to primary age. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yes. and, and yes. had your family generations of them been on the island before that? Yeah,
5: as, far, as 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 far back as as you can go. All uh, my mother, my aunt, my late uncle, grandfather, great grandfather. You can go back as far as you want. They all, they all made a living from the island. They all went to school there. They all lived there.
1: Yeah. So there was a school on the island. Was there a post office, a shop, things like that?
5: Yeah, what you would have had is you would have had a small primary school with one room and you would have had with one teacher and you would have had um, a post office slash shop at, at the time. Yeah. That's what, w- that's what would have been there.
1: Yeah. And who is living yeah. out there now, Joe? How many people?
5: I sure, suppose you're talking four or five people really overall. I think in the summer months it, it will come up when, when people have more confidence with the cable car up and running they, they, they'll be able to come and they'll be able to stay there Instead, it, it'll just be much, much easier to bring bring their clothes bring their shopping bring, bring their belongings whatever. trying to bring it by boat it just, it's just next time possible it'll be much easier with the cable car now
1: it's treacherous but, but you, I, I think it's you were getting over how are you getting over and back to your animals though all last year and this part of the early part of this year
5: Um, am sure was for a lot of it I have my own boat I was able to make it back and forth but it was a it was it, was, it was tough. I mean, I did it all at my own expense. When you racked up bills there, just a, just above, just under a thousand euros on diesel wow. and diesel alone. To go from back and on a
1: rib—that's treacherous. But I assume you know—you clearly know the waters there, obviously.
5: Oh, I, I, I do. I do need. I do need. i am born and and in the area. I spent eight years as a commercial of fisherman. off the estate down there, and I would have fished to go through the areas as where well at one time. So I I, I know it pretty, pretty well, Not as well as everyone, but. Yeah. I, I know it pretty well it's, and, and yeah. to be fair, look, all, all, all our neighbours we'd have all pulled together we'd have all had to the out I would have gone with, gone with my neighbours and their boss at, at times and they would have come with me so I mean look we, we did our best is that the, an article,
1: there's an article in the Examiner this morning says that last December, two farmers left the island as they couldn't access the island safety, safely. A couple who have a holiday home on the island were also expected to follow suit and leave before Christmas Day. Those departures meant that for the first time in more than 400 years, the island was uninhabited. The last time there was no people on the island was 1602, when the 300-strong population were all massacred by English forces after the Battle of Kinsale. isn't that incredible?
5: Yeah, it, it, it's a mark in history. You know, people managed to tough it out there for that for that long and, and be able to be able to survive. I mean, I mean, going back to the sixties and seventies, I mean, there was a fine population of people there. But look, the age the age five was probably against the average. Really, since they're all generally older people. Yeah, my, my own mother, my own mother and and uncle would have been the three youngest. In the primary school at the time, yeah, when when it when it closed down the island, my mother being the youngest, and I interned in being the last to leave there to go to, sc- to go to school again. Yeah. after that, so I mean, so, so the leaving
1: of the island really is very similar to those who eventually left the Blaskets in the fifties, right?
5: Uh, so I thought you could talk something along along those lines. Yeah, that that would be quick. It, w- it was tough. I mean, Dorsey Island is a lot more closer to the, to the mainland. It is, yeah than the, and the blaskets would. Like, it, it, sh- it shouldn't probably have had to come to that. And I don't think it should have come to it for as long as it did. I mean, there was I think there was a lot of promises that didn't end up happening. And yeah. I think there was a lot of, lot of logistics that just didn't work out, and which, which is fine because I know there isn't too many more cable cars that go over the sea in Ireland for people to be working on and gain experience on. I mean, it, it's kind of an experience in itself in the building of it. The people that built it are the most experienced people at doing it. You, you can't really go anywhere else in Ireland and, and get that experience. You no, know, it
1: was an incredible feat of engineering. I think back in, was it 1969, did I read, somewhere?
5: That, that's right, yeah, that's right. E- e- even back then, they got it done quicker, would you believe it, and they grew it all by hand? Would you believe, in fairness, and they did everything the hard way. They, they, they bought lorries 20 miles away and they filled, they filled lorries with, with, by hand with shovels, with sand and gravel, brought it over to the pier by the cable car in island, filled the boat with the shovels and bags, rode across, disembarked their cargo and brought everything up again with horse and cart, mixed the concrete by hand and wheelbarrowed it down to make the bases.
1: But you're not telling me that they actually constructed it and got it finished faster than the repair work, did they?
5: They actually did. Believe it or not, they actually did.
1: Believe it or not, they were hardy men back then. Yeah,
5: go on. But look, I'm not saying any bad about the people that you now, I mean, they did their best in fairness. I know logistics didn't work out. There was parts that weren't... Oh, no. Fixed
1: okay. no, I'm not. And, and, it's, more, it's, more, it's, it's more a paying compliment to those that built it in the first place. So, because I, I was out there last a couple of summers ago. I think my mind's foggy from COVID, but I think it was during COVID. Uh, the, ferry, the, the cable car was open. It's the most beautiful walk. You can walk the entire island. And they come back and get the cable car back and get the most fantastic fish and chips i've ever eaten from murphy's the mobile chip van there you've obviously had some yeah
5: i have i have yeah they're their friends and the I, I know them well yeah they're, they're great people are they some operators it, it, though they are in fairness no they, they've won a world test tour. they've won they've they've won plenty of uh, of things there over, over the years and I, I think they, they do very well for themselves in fairness i couldn't no, there's, there's no one can say a bad word about them I mean they're in the right place in the right time putting the right kind of food out to people oh it's magnificent and I, think, yeah, yeah. M- I mean it, it, it's, what, it, it's what the place needs because you don't want people coming from Jersey to just take you spin the cable car and head away again I mean you need a service for them you need somewhere for them to, to sit down and eat you need some, a, a place that will offer them food you don't want them heading back to Kinmear and Bantry and i tell you one thing talks. it's one of the most
1: spectacular views I've ever had fish and ships in my life I can tell you that for nothing Joe Superb.
5: That's for sure. Yeah.
1: And will it, you be on the half eleven crossing?
5: Um, I might. I'll, I'll see. I'll see. Um, I'll yeah. see if I can. I'm walking. I'm. I'm. i in walking the afternoon today, so I, I may not actually make it. All right. Look, I'd love future.
1: to talk to someone as they wheel along across the sound in the cable car around half past eleven. It would be a great thing to have them live on air while it was happening. You know.
5: <laughs> it, it would be. You only, only downside is there is no mobile reception yet. <laughs> you, you might find your heart. Uh. All right,
1: okay, okay. All right, I can't get a satellite phone it, it, down there fast enough.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll have to be pre recorded, David. Right,
1: okay. I might send somebody down. <laughs> they'll hardly make nope, it Miami. <laughs> listen lovely chatting with you I'm delighted that it's such a happy day hopefully everything will go well at half past 11 and we'll be reunited again with such a beautiful beautiful island and you will have a much easier life tending your flock as the fella says your calves and your cows and what have you nice one Joe cheers my man thank you Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lovely so, guy. Fair play. It's going to be a great summer on Jersey. If you haven't been there, you need to go. It's a wonderful trip. You can incorporate an awful lot of other visits down around the area, not just Jersey. There's an awful lot more places that you can bring in on your day or your overnight, stay in a B&B or a hotel or whatever the case may be. So the cable car will be reopened this morning at half past 11. Um, it's not possible. You can't pre-book places on that cable car, you know. You can't, but it's so fast. You're over and back, not a bother. So good luck to them all. Text Four one zero six. back after the break.
2: Get it off your chest. Call Neil Brenderville now on 818 106 Red FM.
1: Incidentally from next Monday just like last summer and from next Monday we're going to start giving away passes, family passes to all sorts of different tourist locations across Cork City and County and you need to also download the superb uh, Explore Cork app it's an absolute beaut of an app if you're heading out and about on weekends or day trips but more about that on Monday with loads of family passes for an awful lot of different uh, tourist attractions. So many of them have been very good and very generous again this year and I thank them all. But back to the phone lines we go for now. Um, you know the things that people do and the amount of hardship that they create in people's lives without ever thinking of the consequences of it. Have a listen to Pat O'Neill. Pat, good morning.
6: Neil, good morning. Regular Neil, contributors have... to
1: the program. Thank you. Go yes. ahead.
6: I'm, I'm just very upset there. There was an incident, as you know, on Boy Street last year where an elderly couple held at night point. So my wife and I were coming up here on Friday and there's a man who's mentally, he's not his child, oh, he's unstable, Neil, and they robbed his pension to fellas
1: who are taking drugs, they robbed his How? Things. So just just so so he's so you're saying my lovely neighbour who works hard every day, five days a week, went to yeah. the bank, right? hmm That's the guy
6: last night, had the cameras are on him.
1: He took out he three took fellas. out money from the bank, right? What happened next? Mm-hmm.
6: He just went into the house Neil for about I'd say a minute and a half Neil and in that minute and a half three fellas came around the corner. They're on camera. The guards have it. The footage is excellent and um, they went into the car took his wallet took his <laughs> took his yeah, pa- um, his travel tra- driving licence and they took his credit cards and um, they passed outside my door and I heard him saying give me 200 from the wallet one went left two went right but they forgot there, there are four sets of cameras in that area and my footage alone I said they'll be found today and is, you, have, you have
1: audio footage did you hear them saying that I've, I, I did Neil I have everything by everything
6: by I can give you the time the date exactly it took exactly one minute and seven seconds. I see a
1: fella dressed all in black with what looks like kind of black shorts the colours could be wrong because it's black and white yep. and he's opening the passenger door that's one of the characters Correct. is it? That's it, yeah. Then the guy in the blue
6: jacket passes, is next to him. Then the other fellow opens the car to to let the other fellow out. Then they pass my gate, and then the guy in the blue jacket, then the two guys come down, and just beside my gate, he changes from a black top to a red jacket, goes right, and goes left. But he forgot when he's going to go left, there there are super cameras there, my neighbours there as well. So these guys will be caught. you got their face? Yes, I have their face. I have mine. All right. Uh, I have. Their, I zoomed in. Yeah, I, the guards said last night, "I've better footage than they have in the station." But
1: it's really, you, <laughs> <do> you, good. <laughs> I'm glad. It's important. Do you do you think that he was followed from the bank, or that they were checking all the cars? I, I Neil, I know for a fact from a very good friend of mine there. There's
6: 37 cars after we have done in this area in the last two weeks. So basically, these guys know what they're doing. Like, they were out of money. That's all I can say. Out of it, because one guy could barely walk with the blue jacket, and the two lads then one for them had another red thing, and he said, "Give me two hundred from the wallet." Like that's his weeks. That man goes to work every morning at seven thirty to half six to feed his family, and to have faced that last night at twenty past ten. Did he forget
1: the I mean, stuff in the car? or What did misfortune?
6: I mean what? went in home just to say, probably do something. You know yourself and you, look, we've all done it, by. And oh, within yeah. that minute, within that minute and a half, they took everything, you know. So I spoke to him this morning. I'm going to give him a few bob, just to get some shopping and so for and everything else. But like Neil, there's a man there in Boyce Street, boy, like the two young fellas, robbed his money last Friday right afternoon in the house. Like well, this the is man, another incident. Yeah, just, you know, with a copper attack last year on Boys Street there, them... Mary O'Halloran um, and her brother, yeah, Jerry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Five dollars up and that. He sits down every day, Neil. He, he listens to his music, has his cup of tea in his fags. I said, are you OK, so he. they're after doing it again to me. I said, what happened? they talked me money again this morning? I said, what? So will I get the guards? No, I said, so I just got him a pack of cigarettes, bread, milk and butter and...
4: No, How though? I mean did he like is, is
6: he
1: answer the door he, or something or someone?
6: No, Neil, he sits down every day outside your door by in his little chair and his fag and his cup of tea and listens to his old music. Like he's 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 a bit unstable now, Neil and I'm not saying he, he but he's a bit unstable.
1: So he sits down with his fag, his cup of tea, listens to his few tunes and has it's a thought, few and, and they they come up to him and what do they what do
6: they say or do? Just just see the next door it's um, it's a haunt, There's, you know, it's it's a drug place, Neil. And they just took the money off and he just got his pension in the post office. At 10 past nine, it was gone a half now. And I said... And this is not the one. first time they've done it to this man on it pension twice day. They did it, twice they did it, Neil, by. Twice they did it, by. And Neil, you know, God help us, he nothing. And I, I said, look, I go up to the shop then I got him bread and milk, a bit of cheese. You know, Neil, things like these. I got him. See, I said, what do you smoke? Is he champ Player? I'll get you 20 of them as well, by. So you would, Neil, you know what I mean? Like what a society come to? Like, like the whole about a drug centre in Park. Like, okay. I don't put drugs into my mouth. I give the doctor if I'm sick. I get something to the doctor. Okay. Like that okay. man, I was after working sixty hours this week. Right, his money is gone, his driver license is gone, his cards are gone.
1: And the elderly and think, gentleman that sits outside his door has been robbed twice was, on Pension Day. Yeah. And then Mary Mary O'Halloran was going up to visit her brother Jerry. Remember, that's right. Um, Not knowing that what she was going into was um, an armed Mm -hmm. an armed raid, and Jerry was already being held at knife point by an intruder inside there.
6: Remember, my wife passed on her bike with a camera, and detectives called to us, and that's how they got the information.
1: They got, like, yeah. They got. They got. They got, said the that
6: they got the precise time from the, the my wife passing on the GPS, and then they have the camera there. that they're building at the moment. They're almost finished. I just passed that man there, and he's sitting down, listening to his
1: radio, a cup of tea and a fag in his hand. Yeah.
6: Leave him alone. Leave the leave the man alone. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not, I, I, I know. I know. I'm jumping around a bit, but um, in, the, in the case of in the case of Jerry and Mary, they got 800 euro from from Jerry, and they got a thousand euro from Mary. Um, it? Uh, well, he it was one, uh, and he ran away up Boyce Street. It was it that's was, right, so, Neil. So Dan, this is like Neil. So these are not isolated. Then
6: they're not Neil and Neil Boyce Street. Like it's been regenerated, I can see that it's you know. But like those people on the little bungalows, there's about seven left now. I mean, there's a man sitting down in his seventies. A little bit unwell talking to there. I often pass by and I say, OK for everything. You need tea bags or milk. That's the way we do, Neil. But well, what does he do for the entire week, week,
1: week, then, if they robbed it's his it's pension not- twice?
6: Neil, I only found this note last week, so I did get shopping for him, and I checked in on him on Wednesday, and I checked in again this morning. He's sitting down. He have his pension. He's going to go in out to town to get a few messages. Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: it's, it's not fair by... Him. Does he need, does he doing. need for anything? Or does your pal need. who was robbed last night need for anything?
6: Neil, I'll tell you now. My are going to give him money enough for shopping later on. And I sent an email to Tom McCarthy in New York asking, could he get me two tickets for Rod Stewart and Cork? Because he, he's, they love Rod Stewart like that. Man is working sixty hours a week. Neil, his is and doing exams at the moment. You know, they're wearing kids doing the best they can. Like we live in a good area, Neil. But like,
1: but it, how, how can you how can you say that with the with the thugs that are living that are roaming around the place? It's the people are good, but those that are causing yeah. ha- havoc. A ruining. They are, Neil.
6: They are, I mean, how, why would you do that to a man that leaves his home at quarter past seven in the morning and comes in at half six and puts in 60 tax stamp, whatever PRSI, you know? So I got on to Tom McCartney and I, talk, I said, Tom, and they change, your old buddy there, Rod short. will give us two tickets to the marquee for that man if you can. If not, I'll buy him, he'll buy me, he'll, he'll, he'll buy him from Ticketmaster. But I'm just saying, like, that poor man, only no, will well in Boyce that, very. I just passed him down on was just sitting about 10 minutes there. Going to keep an eye on a few minutes there like, that's very really sad, Neil.
1: I so, the chances are that, that the chap who sits outside <laughs> having a fag and, and his tea, yep. he'll be robbed of his pension again.
6: He will, Neil. He will buy. He will. His bungalow, sit in his little chair, his books, doesn't drink, has it, drinks tea all day, listen to the old music, Neil. Boy. Like these uh, in Irish we'll it's absolutely
1: me, sickening. Mate. Incidentally, right, to mate. the best of my knowledge, uh, Jerry ended up getting a new home. Remember that, he uh, Mary's he brother. Did a
6: share? And but actually,
1: it, I know that man because when it, I lived in Churchfield, okay. I lived across from all all right. But I, I haven't do, seen anything that. about a prosecution yet. But guards continue no. to appeal for information. But that's as much as I know. We'll see if our guard, maybe Groner Brother might have an update on that. We can check with them. Well, the,
6: the, okay. the three boys now last night, Neil. They're actually, you might as well say, lads, here you go. My footage is excellent, and I don't care who's listening to me, whatever's listening to me. But you cannot be doing that to people. This man has put in sixty okay. hours a week. Okay. Have you given it Do to you know? the guards? Footage. Yes. Oh, the guards have it last night. So I'm right. hoping now Tom McCarthy will come at me today about that he's been wronged. Okay. All right. right.
1: Okay. Well, f- well, find out if that pensioner particularly is in need of anything with regards Would to his old pension. Would you
6: mind maybe, maybe what's the Man, uh, what's the Man is very good to the old man. So my, my brain was going to get some Yeah, he might pop up there. If you want to keep Paddy, my number, you can. I will do that. I will
1: do that. Okay, all right. Stay in touch, Pat. Stay in touch. Thank you. It's alarming, isn't it? It's very saddening. It's making very, very angry stories like that. I get really angry when I hear stories like that. It's just such easy money for these cowardly thugs. They would prey on anybody, but particularly the elderly. Text 868104106 We're over time. Back out to 10.
7: I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking
2: on redfm.ie. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show. Red FM.
1: Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. You will get a selection of starters, chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers. All of this will feed feedback. 15 perhaps upwards of 20 people then the main event is the chicken wraps the chicken pittas, and the most beautiful uh, beef burgers absolutely glorious. All the meat is basted in the famous Piri sauce. you got Piri salted fries, rice and waffle fries, all of the different mayos and then you build your own cheesecake for dessert with loads of different tasty toppings courtesy of Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Morning to all at the complete upholstery and foam service in Barrick Street, to everybody listening at Barsley's Development in Cove, their on-site EcoWall ICF and Young Tom, who only started this week they'd love a Friday treat. The switchboard department at the CUH, Pat McDonald's Paints on the Commons Road, Blockwall Developments in Kerry Pike, at the Rapid Prostate Cancer Clinic at the uh, Orchid Centre of the CUH Uh, they do fantastic work. To everybody at CQ Business Systems in Wilton Tails and Tubbs Dog Grooming and Douglas Woolen Mills would love feeding BCE Consulting Engineers are listening in the Marina Commercial Park. Everybody in the Pharmacy Department of the South Infirmary in the Victoria Hospital. Sheehan's Plumbing's in Waterfall. To everybody refurbishing houses around UCC Um, don't know exactly where you are so if you win I don't know how I'll get it to you but I'm sure i have your number. EBO Home Rescue at the Marina Commercial Park. Irish Removers in Bishopstown. Donovan Auto Services in Upper Glenmire, Meraki am I pronouncing that right Chloe in Glenmire, Tesco Home Delivery Drivers in Ballancolic and Brothers of Charity Day Service Um, we'll do some more shout outs in about 20 minutes time half an hour's time I need to go back to the phone lines though text 0868104106 calls on the way
2: Call the Neil Prenderville show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM.
1: Pat O'Neill describes some shocking crimes against the elderly and the vulnerable just before ten o'clock this morning. But staying with the vulnerable, I want to talk with Danny Forrest Cyril, if you don't mind, um, because he's got a sad tale to tell. Dan, Danny, good morning. Good morning. You can hear me all right, Dan? Yes, thank you. Okay, okay. How are you bearing up? I hear that the last resort now is that you're living in a tent in North Cork. Nobody should be doing that, but you're a 70-year-old man going through cancer treatment and chemo. How are you bearing up?
8: Um, Kind of bearing up, but I don't have any medical doctor or nothing, and I don't have any medication.
1: You should have all of that if, you, if you're if you living I, with cancer. I and...
8: was on medication and everything, but since I've uh, come back to Ireland, I've not had any, any medication at all.
1: Okay, okay. We'll talk about coming back to Ireland in a moment. How long have you been in the little tent? I have photographs of you here outside your little tent. How long?
8: Uh, two weeks.
1: Okay. And how are you bearing up for food and and water and things that we need to survive?
8: Uh, I'm getting help off of Hazel and I'm getting help off a man called Steve. And there is an elderly farmer from uh, Buttevant living here. And he comes down to see him, all right. And he comes down to give me some food as well. Okay.
1: When you said Hazel, there, she's a street angel herself, and she works and operates with street angels. Where were yes, you? Where, were you? You were in Cork City before you went to North Cork, I believe. Sleeping rough for you?
8: I was in Cork City, and um, I went to Focus, but I also went to the Simon Community and the Simon community asked me to go to see the council. When I went to the council, the man asked my name, my date of birth, everything, and he said, does your mother come from Cork? And I said, no, sir. I said, both my parents are deceased. And he said, well, there is no need for you to be in Cork. Right.
1: He, he said, go elsewhere. Words to the effect of go somewhere else. He
8: told else. me either to go back to Scotland or go up and go to kind of Northern Ireland where I'd be back under British okay.
1: rule. You would be a UK statistic, I suppose. But here you are yeah. nonetheless at the age of 70, living and trying to survive in a tent. Why, why did you leave the city? Um, were you at risk in the city?
8: Just a minute, sir. I can't hear
1: you very well. Okay. I'm just saying, when you were living uh, near St. Francis Church, was that living rough on the street or in a doorway or something? Hello? Hi. Can you hear me?
7: Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm just saying, can you hear me, Danny? Yes, I can
7: hear
1: you I was just saying to you, you were living near St. Francis Church for a few weeks, but I believe you were beaten up a number of times and robbed.
8: I was robbed of my stuff, and the uh, two people that uh, did it were staying in the Simon Community. Right, okay.
1: And what, what? What did they just came across you and just threatened you to give them everything had you had? Been
8: looking at my stuff when I was walking around the town, and I was approached a couple of times. They're saying that I had too much stuff and why I was homeless carrying all the stuff that I had. And then there was um, two men come one night when I was lying in a shop doorway across from the Peace Park and uh, they tried to take my watch. And the man said... uh, take your watch off and let's see your watch. And uh, when they gave the man the watch, he ran off and told me I wouldn't get it back. But a gentleman that was nearby saw them taking my watch and uh, he went and confronted them and said that if they didn't get the watch back, there was going to be trouble about it. And then about 10 minutes later the same gentleman came back and handed me my watch back. Mm -hmm.
1: Were you ever hurt, physically hurt?
8: (laughs) Not personally um, hurt, but I'd been threatened and everything.
1: And your stuff that they stole, when you say stuff, what, what do you mean by stuff?
8: Well... With sleeping bags and uh, everything, and I had the uh, boots, shoes and everything that I, I needed to sleep to try and keep me dry when I was on the, the um, street doorways.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. So you didn't stay in Cork because it just wasn't safe and you thought a better option would be to go to North Cork and to live in a
8: tent? Well, I went into... What's it? Malopan, I went into Malo, uh, the... Um, oh, not the council, the social welfare department. And I went in and I spoke to them and I told the lady where I was that I'm down in the... the f-
1: yeah, don't say where you are, incidentally. Just... just uh, yeah. Just keep that to yourself. What you said to her, and what? And what did they? Did they offer to help you?
8: Uh, no, they said if uh, I was in Malo they would help. But because they thought I was in Cork, that uh, I'd either have to go back to Cork.
1: How do you feel about the fact that nobody will help a seventy-year-old pensioner with chemotherapy and cancer?
8: Well, it's a bit disappointed and I was uh, really a bit confused because I didn't really know what to do and with me not having been allowed to have any money or no nothing from anybody I found that um, very difficult and how did
1: your how did your life end up like this Danny at the age of 70 Um, what happened in Scotland
8: Well, in Scotland, um, they say both my parents are deceased and my marriage broke up and everything. And uh, I had a son that uh, I never seen since he was six months old because my wife ran off with my best friend. And I kind of confronted them in Butlins at Barry Island in South Wales.
1: Okay, so you've had and
8: a... And the gentleman in question, he was in the same...
1: Right, I, I won't go in, if you don't mind, I won't go into the detail of that. I was just curious as to how... So you ended up then, when the marriage broke down... Um, yeah. uh Homeless, is it? Pardon? Did you end up homeless after the marriage broke down? Yes, okay. yeah. And have you been homeless for many years?
8: I've been homeless for a good part of my life now. Like, it's
1: been very rough. You haven't had a roof over your head for a long, long time?
8: Uh, not really. Okay. I When I was out, even when I went to hospital, I was homeless because they found, a, like, a blister in my arm. And then when I went to hospital... Uh, They kept me in hospital for three days and uh, they said, Dan, we think you have cancer. And then um, I was taken to hospital in Edinburgh and that's where um, I had the cancerous um, thing removed and everything and uh, that's been the biggest part of my life. It's more or less kind of destroyed me that way.
1: You must be very sad the way your life turned out when you look back at your 70 Uh, years.
8: It is because I'm walking around thinking all the time and I don't really know what to do and it was very hard to try and get friends or to get people to show me the right way to go about it.
1: Yeah, almost invisible, I suppose. Certainly invisible to the services. Why Why did you come to Ireland or why did you come to Cork, let me ask you, if you have no connections?
8: Well, because when my marriage broke up, I came over here years ago and uh, I was homeless as well. I was staying in the Simon and I was staying in uh, St. Vincent de Paul in Anglesey Terrace. Mm-hmm. But I went away and I was looking for work and uh, I got work eventually but when I first went to the gentleman he said he didn't want anybody but he didn't know that I was there at half past six in the morning and he asked somebody to go and try and find me and bring me back. So when the gentleman come and caught me I said, no, the man don't want nobody. He said, no, he said he didn't know you were hanging around here since half past six this morning.
1: So you got the job, did you?
8: Uh, I eventually got the job. He asked me what I could do and everything. And I told him the cuts of meat and everything would probably be a little bit different in Scotland. You're a butcher, are you a
1: butcher by trade?
8: Yes, I butcher and boner and everything and can do all factory work and everything like that.
1: Okay, so did the job work out for a period of time?
8: Yes, yeah, the the job worked out. It was um, on a contract basis and there was uh, containers of beef coming in, and then we had to cut them up and split them all, and then they were all pre-packed and vacuum-packed to go to other areas. And were
1: you living in Vincent's while you were working?
8: I was in Vincent's, and I actually worked in Vincent's as well. Because of me being able to cook and I was able to do the early morning breakfast and everything, and Vincent's. But now, because of the new situation, Vincent said they couldn't help me either now because I have to go through the system with um, the Simon community.
1: Okay, because you got a job, is it?
8: No but it's only because I went back this time and I also have been to okay. uh, Sister Pancrazia of the Sisters of Charity in Blarney yeah. because I knew the sister and I went to see her as well to see if they could help me or maybe give me a place but uh, she said that they're now restricted that um, everything now is done um, legally, okay. and it's you have to be uh, an alcoholic, or you have to be um, in a everything. Uh, you, you don't have, have to... any
1: addiction issues, so you don't qualify for no. that. No, no. Okay, it's a wonder. It's a wonder that you don't, considering what you went through. Yeah. yeah. So. What happens next? Does Hazel have any hope of getting you somewhere and getting you out of the tent?
8: Well, Hazel's here with me now.
1: I'll let you speak to Hazel. Mm, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Danny.
0: Morning, How are you? <laughs>
1: My God Almighty. I see some photographs of this elderly man sitting outside the tiniest little tent I've ever seen. Uh, it's heartbreakingly sad. W- what happens now?
0: Um, Well, I'm going to take him now to Malo Council, and we're going to make a new claim.
1: Why did he Why he did he lose his place in Vincent's? He was a contributor to Vincent's. Had he left because of the job and tried to go back? Is it? Why
6: did he leave Vincent's? Why did he leave Vincent's? Because of it. Vincent's was only short
0: term. Vincent was on the short term. All oh, right, okay. We okay. had a full time. There is another place sometimes, Vincent's, okay. it's called Deer Park. Deer Park, Deer Park yeah. 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 And they think that you can go to Deer Park. You can go from Vincent, out of Vincent, into Deer Park, yeah. which would be more of a long term, but they did not for that no, yet. No.
1: No. Sounds as if people were saying, go back to Scotland, wasn't it?
0: Well, basically, yeah, you know, push pushed pillar to post and that's the way the system is unfortunately yeah yeah and uh, he had an awful time of it in
1: Cork City as well didn't he
0: he did and he came to me on the Monday and I was at home on a Wednesday evening about 10 o'clock and I got the phone call from Steve saying he was just a passer-by walking his dog and came across this man and he rang extra kindness and the chap in the kind of gave him my name, says I live in Mallow, and would I be able to come over and see can I do anything? Now, I had previously, he had come to my soup run on the Monday, and um, I had bought him new clothes, well, I sent one of my volunteers over to Penny's a Hall underwear, you know, the top. It's thing. a very
1: sad, lonely, depressing existence, isn't it?
0: So I'm going to buy him a phone now because he has no connection and there was a few young lads hanging around last night and it kind of uneased him. So at least if he has a phone, which I'm going to buy him in Tesco there now. um, He's always uh, under the risk of threat,
1: isn't he? The risk of threat, the risk of violence, the risk of of robbery.
0: No, and um, Steve works for the HSC in Limerick. So he was on to share because I was told Cher or a Brian Dennehy, is it?
1: All right, well, we, we, won't, we, won't, we won't go into the details of the different people who, who, who contribute well, tra- and volunteer.
0: We're trying everybody to see, can yeah. anybody help this man? This He's a genuine man, lovely, and he shouldn't be living in the. Conditions well,
1: no, 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 nor should anybody. But he's no, seventy it, years old. No, is it is it a...
0: unfortunately, this is the fact. And I just said, look, we try and ring yourself because you're great. It's uh,
1: so your great, not me. I just listen to stories. <laughs> you're the one that's going. You're at the call face. You're the one helping. What, what um, can be? What uh, can people do? I mean, you know, is there is there anything that we can do to help?
0: Well, if I can get him a B and B, I'm going to try to see at least. He'll be safe. Um, there's only one or two, as far as I know, in Mallow. But I'll keep trying. Yeah.
1: I'll yeah. keep trying. Is it, it's not okay. a, does he have family back in Scotland or relations or brothers or sisters or anyone?
0: No, his parents are deceased and he hasn't seen his son since he was six months. All right, okay. so Yeah, it's a tragic case. Nobody.
1: No, it's very tragic, yeah.
0: He's all alone. Yeah. yeah. But, um, look, we, all we can do is just highlight it and see who comes back and see can anybody come up because i met a lot there was another lady from another homeless group mary and and she came down to him as well so between us all hopefully i was seeing surely somebody out there We'll have ice. will have um, solutions.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, because, let let's see if anybody wants to help. I mean, uh, I, I'd gladly yeah. pay for a few nights B and B for him. No problem at all, yeah. Hazel. Absolutely, I would. But it's only Perfect. short. It's only short term. You know that doesn't. It's only
0: short term. It's not going to be a long term. But for now, it'll be better because I'm just worried that his health could deteriorate, especially when he hasn't the doctor and he hasn't got his medication, yeah okay, okay. you know, okay. and I don't want to see him deteriorate because of the situation. I think
1: one of the first things that should happen is that he should be seen by a doctor
0: yeah okay. exactly
1: okay listen um, yeah, okay, well, you never know who might be who might be listening you' you're,
0: you're seeing somebody, and if there is a doctor out there listening, I'll bring him anywhere to him to get seen if there's somebody
1: out there that will okay, okay, so, you, okay so we have a couple I of requests contact me and
0: my number, okay. you I'll,
1: have it I'll pass on the details, okay, I'll be back in touch with you again, alright?
0: alright Neil, and Thanks, thank Hazel. you
1: All right, cheers for now, She's bye to you bye. Hazel and bye to Danny as well for now, Hazel from Street Angels, um, anybody I, any ideas as to how we could help this gentleman certainly with regards to a GP I think that's very important, let's see what comes of it text 0868 106 <laughs>
2: Talk to Neil Prenderville now, 0818-104-106,
1: Cork's Red FM. To the phone lines we go, John, good morning.
2: Interesting text here, can you hear me okay? Interesting text
1: here before you uh, give us your thoughts. Um, Somebody says, that man should go home or up to the north of Ireland. It's very sad to hear, but Neil, this country is bursting at the seams at the moment. We haven't got the room, we're taking too many people in. There's lots of Irish people living in tents that need help as well. What do you make of that?
9: Well, that jumped out at me, that was said by somebody uh, in authority in the county, that, uh, when he was asked, what, what's uh, part of Cork, why is he in Cork, and does he have any connection with Cork? What I want to know was the same question put to the people who are coming in 24-7 uh, from God knows where, the illegal migrants that are turning up on our doorstep, was so the same question put to them
1: um i can't say that with any amount of well, accuracy I, i'm, I'm well, sure i'm sure I, I, at, at I, I some, at some so. stage when inter, international protection order arrivals come to ireland they are asked those questions but they're put
9: they couldn't possibly have any connection with uh, with clark
1: well they come here under under different claims they come yeah, claiming yeah, asylum so from war with, or religious persecution
9: yeah, yeah, but hold on a while now. If that man was back, yellow, green, or whatever colour, and that question was put to him, it would be seen as a racist comment, which it was, because uh, he, he was, he's Scottish. Maybe he has a British nationality. That's a racist
1: comment. Well, that, 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 you, could, you certainly could argue that point on the basis uh, of him. Few,
9: well, you, few, well, let me put you like this. If he decides to take the state to court, he'll win his case. Yeah. Go home. You're not wanted because you 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 have no connection with court. He's a kilt.
1: Yes, I know what you're saying, but not not an asylum seeker nor a refugee.
9: No, no, I don't have a problem with asylum seekers, Mm. with genuine asylum seekers, because they're leaving for particular reasons. But I have a problem with young guys that are coming in who should be back looking after their own country and trying to put their own country straight besides coming over here to, to furnish their pension and also social welfare
1: No I mean I feel very sorry for Danny he's 70 and he has cancer and he's going through chemo and he has no meds and he got he got well, awful abuse well, well, in the city and sleeping in a doorway yeah. by St Francis Church but if everybody decides to descend upon Cork from the four corners of the world looking for a roof over their head it's just not going to be possible
6: but sure, it's happening. Have you not seen what's going on? Yes, I
1: have. I, I have. Yeah. I, I, yeah,
9: yeah. yeah. So, when, So when, when is the straw too heavy for the camel's back? Is there anybody, is there anybody in, go, in, in government looking at the situation?
1: This is emergent. We're talking about two different things here. This is emergency oh, accommodation for homeless people, not international protection orders who are going through a process.
9: Listen, there's a good chance that we're going to have more Ukrainians coming because of what they're done with the dam. Yeah. Because they're, they're going to need to get out, right? I don't have a problem with that. But I have a problem with people who get on an airplane in another European country, tear up their papers and arrive in car. The, the government are fining uh, the airlines for dropping them on Irish soil. They've already collected 1.4 million in fines So, because they recognize them as illegals and what they've done is wrong. Yet yeah, but the government, as soon as they come through the door of the airport or any port, the government recognises them as a refugee. But I have to
1: say, yeah. without wanting to sound disrespectful to Danny Forrest, he did exactly the same thing. He he left Scotland yeah. to come here with no means and no way of supporting himself. Right. I appreciate that he's 70 years old and has been here for some time and was working away and staying in the Vincents. Yeah. Um, so there is no real difference, you know. Somebody comes but, here... Uh,
9: yeah, but. But hold on a while. Well, there is a difference,
1: incidentally. He came here and he stayed in Vincent's and he got a job and he worked and the contract yeah, he ran hesitated. its course and then he went back to Vincent and they said no. Yeah? Yeah. So it is, it is different. Apart. Yeah?
9: Yeah. yeah? yeah. That's a racist. That was a racist attack on that man. And you, you can dress it up and look at it any way you like and stick as many fly, fly, flowers up the ass or whatever it is. That was a racist attack on that man and we now have a situation where you're going to see uh, our elderly pushed out of folks' homes so that we can put uh, young people into it into into their beds. Now tell me what happens if somebody of an old age decides that they want international protection where are they going to put them because they're thrown out our our old age.
1: Well that's what I'm saying, what's happening in Beaumont isn't necessarily happening against care choice it's happening, the, the state are doing it to the residents who are living there. It's 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 yeah, a direct should, attack should, on those that uh, it's a direct attack attack on those people whose home is Beaumont residential care setting.
9: But should the government have made an attack on every Irish citizen when they opened the borders to everybody that was turning up without facing anybody and without checking? But it's not it's ha-
1: not a safe thing to be constantly bashing refugees for all of our problems. They're,
9: I'm not, not, the, I'm, they're I'm, not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not bashing. Listen, let's be let's be 100 clear on this. I am not bashing refugees. I'm bashing guys. Mostly guys who turn up at our ports after either, either eating or flushing their papers down the jacks, because they're coming over to live off of our system. Because it would be too difficult to get their hands dirty working in their own country. Yeah, I'm not bashing. I'm not. I'm not bashing refugees under any circumstances. Mm. I'm. I'm. I'm bashing the, the undocumented illegals who are turning up from God knows where. Listen. You saw what happened in France yesterday. Oh and believe really? me, this this, this <laughs> yeah. will
1: be used by those who have an yeah. axe to grind with people who Oh yeah but you but you listen landed the very here.
9: fact that the very fact that I would recognise that and that there's a chance to, that it could happen here, that would make me right wing.
8: Common, um,
10: sense
9: has gone out to, common sense has gone out the window in this country, as far as what you can say and what you can't. And if this hate speech bill comes true, I will probably be arrested for having this conversation with you, and you could end up sharing the same sentence. But, but
1: oh, Susan I'm, I'm very well. I'm very well aware of that. I don't, actually don't know what the future holds for all of us, nor do I know particularly what the future holds for me. We shall have to wait and see. Having said that, and I know that this is the ultimate coward, this man who did what he did in France, but it should not be used as a to beat others who apply and get landed immigration or get asylum in countries because it doesn't necessarily mean what he did stabbing children in buggies. But, um, but, is, yeah, but he, he was, he's a complete piece of shit, him. It's as simple as that. Well, yeah, you've said it. Yeah, You've said it. You've said it.
9: And, and why, why did countries refuse to give him a status? What was the reason?
1: The reason that he, France he, turned him down is he already had status in Sweden.
9: Yeah, and tell me what's going on in Sweden to say that he wants to get out of Sweden. Uh, always a back. There's always a back story.
1: Okay, what's into, okay. so here, here's what we know. It seems as if the services are saying, and this is what I've said to him on a number of occasions, that you need to go back to the UK. Um, you don't accept that as being a reasonable thing for a service that's bursting at the seams to say to somebody...
9: No, you can't make chocolate, one and cheese out of another. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, John. And, and, and as for getting a doctor, bring him over to the A&E in Mallow General Hospital and get him checked out.
1: Keep those texts coming. Text 86 Pick up the phone on 818 after the break.
2: Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 86 Red FM. Pick up the phone on
1: 818 I promise I'll come back many, many texts on different topics this morning. So I'll do a sprinkling of them, hopefully this side of 11. But uh, let me get back to the phones. Kathleen, good morning.
7: Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, uh,
1: as, as someone who's come through cancer yourself, you feel for, for Danny Forrest and his scenario in a tent first in Northcourt?
7: Um, I just want to say it's totally and utterly a disgrace um, what's occurring with this man. I can't understand why this man is not even being taken care of Anyway, you know, that he's not in hospital even if he didn't have a home. And plus, um, He's not begging people on air for uh, stuff he've explained why he has been here and he have explained what happened and another thing I will say is that um, is there action going to take place when this man physically gets so ill that he can't do nothing for himself or is it a case where he'll be found dead in the tent possibly he's possibly
1: a if it were the winter absolutely possibly
7: yeah um, Is too late for people to step in in I mean he's now at a stage. Like, it's hard enough for people out there to deal with cancer and be told they have cancer. And the majority of these people are in care or they're in hospital.
1: Or in your case, you had had a roof over your head at home.
7: Yeah, you come home and even at that, you're miserable, you're sick, you're tired, right? Where has this poor lad to go to? He's basically on the ground. And um, I can't understand why... The health service is not dealing with this guy as we speak. And another thing is medication. This man should be medicated and monitored every day, knowing now that he has a diagnosis of cancer. Outside, this man has no home. And I can't understand for the life of me that these questions were not put across to this man from day one. Now, fair enough, in the past, that was his past, um, the majority of couples stood
1: up well I don't, I don't know yeah, his marriage, on. I don't know if he would have said to any of those and um, maybe I should have asked him when he went to say for instance the homeless services I'm a 70 year old right. man I have cancer and I'm going through a chemo and I'm homeless, I don't know whether that would have made a difference but the minute they heard that this would be a man who had come from Scotland or, or the UK um, you see the problem here is that we can be as compassionate and as charitable as we want but it doesn't mean that the services can meet the needs of everybody who wishes to come here. And that's the sad reality of it.
7: Yeah, well, the sad reality of it is, right, you have someone crying out here with cancer. It could be your father to mother, my mother. It could be your brother, your sister. Forget about who's coming, who's not going, because they've brought more hair than we can count and put homes on them. This is a man that needs really care and he needs should God love him it's not like I mean I I know what you're saying saying. it's his medical condition it's his
1: medical conditions that should be put first you're saying I understand what you're saying
7: exactly and um, take one step at a time okay he hasn't got a home at the moment okay hopefully COP has been generous to people and I mean there's people in hospital like 70, 80, 90 right have relatives visiting him at this moment with an illness like that. How could anyone, why isn't his doctor asking questions like obviously when you go to a doctor, what's your address? Where do you live? Yeah. And they obviously should be aware okay. that they're sending a patient out that door that has cancer yeah. and has nowhere to go. And now he's frightened on top of it because he can't concentrate on his mental health or his illness because he's afraid he's going to be attacked and eventually it will happen Neil because that's what's happening today and this man is begging for safety and to get someone to look at him. and the doctors need right now to be getting in contact with this man whatever about a home he might get a hotel he might get a bed but this man needs treatment thank and- you don't give it to him when it's too late. Don't give him a bed when it's too
1: late. Thank you, Kathleen. Text 0868 104 106. We'll come back to it if there's an update with regards to Danny or if there's anybody who wants to help in any way, shape or form, then... Absolutely. Pick up the phone, text 868 106 Earlier on this morning, we were chatting about the Tommy Tiernan gig, that it was phone-free. Interesting text here, says, um, yes, indeed, it gets more surreal every day. The snowflake, woke, pampered brats are getting all they deserve at the marquee, says Paul. Paul, did you know the people of all ages went to the Tommy Tiernan gig? You had people from their teens right up to their 70s and 80s and beyond, I suppose. Um, he has a a broad appeal. The audience profile there would be slightly older at a Tommy Tiernan gig. But I know what you're saying. They they get what they deserve when it comes to no phones, no cash, and um, uh, credit card terminals not working. Somebody else says, there was no way I was waiting in that queue for the phone unlocking. I went home, nice and quickly, to the wire snips, and I got a souvenir out of it too. Somebody who has the pouch, um, had it, put the phone in it, but when they came out and saw the length of the queue to get it unlocked from the pouch they just took the pouch home how stupid are people paying big money to go to a gig to have to hand in their personal property before they're allowed in, what next anyone puts up with this is a fool one or two more I was at the show last night, I feel bad for laughing now from the way she's going on about it with regards to some of the jokes Um, I take him or leave him I will say I really enjoyed the no phone part though. I thought he was over very quickly with the no break but was happy to be home at 11 o'clock. I think he made a comment at his last show that he was slated over um, for being over and they announced it back then to have a no phone show. It was very well set up though with the pouches. I wasn't waiting around for the phone to be unlocked. Uh, overall, a great night. What did you do? Did you take the pouch home as well? Um Isn't it possible for people to bring a second unusable phone for this pouch? Put a dud phone in it? Well, you want to be rightly desperate to have your phone. I I get it that sometimes people say they have babysitters at home and they need to check home on the kids. A brilliant gig last night. It was a nightmare to get in as people hadn't prepaid for the parking and then the queue for food only to be told that it's cash and their machines were down was ridiculous, especially when we were told it was a cashless event. But it was a brilliant gig with the no phones. They should be brought in for every single gig. And on the cowardly attack in France on those toddlers and buggies, in conjunction with the cowardly attack from the refugee, uh, a man that has gotten so much help from Europe, you would have to question how many unvetted refugees in this country are suffering, say, for instance, from a mental health condition that we don't know of. Is the state providing access to psychiatric intervention for these people before they possibly commit acts like that in this country? They've engineered a lifestyle on the social welfare system and will never do anything to better themselves, I'm sure. No doctors, nurses or engineers coming into this country. What? But there are, but they're coming in under their own steam to work. There certainly are doctors coming in and there certainly are engineers coming in and they're... Definitely nurses coming in from all four corners of the world. Uh, Lots of texts on that. Uh, One or two more besides on different topics. We were also talking yesterday. Uh, Oh, incidentally, here's here's a a good one just before I go back to the phones. Um, I got a text in which is right up my alley. Neil, my daughter was on holidays a couple of weeks ago and she said she'd send us a postcard, but it hasn't arrived yet. I feel like this is always happening with postcards on holiday. Last year, I went to Italy in October and sent some postcards home to Ireland. And a couple to the UK. It's last October. The Irish ones arrived a month later. The UK ones didn't arrive till January. <laughs> we posted in October. And didn't arrive till January. Is it just me or what? No. They are notoriously slow. They always have been. Um, I sent postcards from Crete nigh on three, maybe four weeks ago. And they ain't arrived. I don't know what it is. Somebody says that they're, because they're postcards they might got caught. They might get caught in the metal of the huge big bins or something. I, I don't buy that. I just don't buy that. I think they're treated differently and slower. And I just don't know why. Because you're paying top dollar for the stamp. But anyway, don't get me started. Maybe it's up. Because there's no point saying... Wish you were here when you're three weeks back from your holidays, you know. Anyway, back to the phone lines. Morris, good morning.
11: Neil, I need to kick your butt. Go good for it. Morning. Yeah,
1: go for it. Go yeah, for it. That's, yeah. that's,
11: a, that's a lovely greeting. Anyway, go on. Yeah, no, I need to kick your butt this morning. Um, no, I just got the tail end of the conversation there with the Scottish man uh, Neil. Danny. And, um, then you were talking to somebody after that, and it was John, and you made a comment about uh, that chap coming over here with no means. And, and you know, why should he be here and should he go back to the UK? And I need to kick your butt because, as you know, there's a common travel area between our two countries. It has existed since the uh, independence of the Republic, right? And what that means is I can go tomorrow to the UK with 20 pence in my pocket and some form of ID and I can sign on over there and I get all the benefits as a UK citizen would, right? And we're supposed to reciprocate, okay? Yeah. And the point being made was that people from all parts of the world are coming over here and there's no questions being asked to them about going back to the UK or where they came from. Do you know? Yeah,
1: but, they so, come, but they they would come in and say and and it's not right that people come in here with no documentation. Mm-hmm. They come in yep. through an airport at which point they are met there and they claim international protection status at the airport yep. from customs. A system yep. then a system then kicks in unfortunately for a lot of them with no documentation, who are not genuine, but they mm-hmm. have to be processed and they go through that system. That's an entirely different scenario to somebody and under their own steam, moving from one part of, uh, you know, the UK into the Republic yeah, of Ireland.
11: Into the Republic of Ireland, yeah, but you see, the idea of, of it is that we're supposed to be equal equals um, in each other's country, right? That's the idea of it, right? And and I, I, I would defend that now to my last breath. But do right? you know something, I, I, I and, and
1: a lot of what you're saying is right, and and parts of what I said I would retract at this point mm-hmm. on the basis of what you just said to me. You are right mm-hmm. in that regard. But if a homeless person comes from Galway down to Cork, one of the first things that's said to them when they come to Cork is go back to Galway. It happens like it, These are these are what this is what's said.
11: Yeah. Well, look, that, that's uh, that's different within the state, right? Move around the state, go to where there's less pressure. That's okay, right? But telling somebody to get out of the state when you when you let Tom Dick and Harry come in. Who have never had like the Scottish people at one time were the same people as us. Do you know, we were we were once citizens of the United Kingdom, while well, like our grandparents were. Do you know, yeah. So this is just the legacy of that, and we I think we should recognise it and respect it, right? Yeah, but yeah. It, it look it boils my blood. It boils my blood when I hear stories of people coming over here, destroying their travel documents in in, in the plane, right, and are landing on and give me asylum. Right? And that's it. And the system falls all over them. I know of multiple cases of people doing that, right? Getting residential status here. And as soon as they're given an Irish passport, Neil, they're away to London and getting a connecting flight back to Lagos or to Addis Ababa or to whichever country it is that they ran out of because they were being persecuted. They can't go back fast enough to celebrate. Right? And before you know... Why well,
1: would say, what's to celebrate though? Why, why would you go through all of that process to get an Irish
11: passport? You tell me... Go? And before you know it, there's more of them arriving. That's, but that's Family racist. Reuni- that's Family reunion It's
1: that's not racist. But it, it's reality, Neil. I, look, it is reality. And you, la, look, la, I, listen, Morris, I know an awful lot of people in this country who came over here, like you just mm-hmm. described, and have a different mm-hmm. colour skin to me. They're working here, man. They're working. They're working. They're amongst us. They're in construction. They're in an office. They're, in, they're working in catering. They're in hospitality. They're driving taxis. They're...
11: They're driving our bus here and buses, man. They are. I understand that, I, I, I'm not saying they're not. You, you, like, you seem to think that I, think they're coming in and they're freeloading. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying when they land first, there is a system that wraps around these people that makes sure everything is done for them everything's correct all this training all this stuff you're talking about it falls all over these people right I can go up around the north end and find young fellows up there right who have grown up in in terrible family circumstances and conditions right with which, which alcohol abuse or drug abuse at home mm. right and the only thing that the system does for these people is, is bully them out into the workplace young with a safe pass right or a forklift license mm. right something like that off you go that's your life most of the, the, the people that I see coming in here as refugees, they're all over hanging around the colleges. They're all hanging around the colleges. Yes. The state is paying for them to be educated. Yeah. Most of them will attend college here because when they're waiting for their status to be cleared, yeah. they're allowed to study. That's
1: right. Yeah. They're allowed right? to work as well.
11: Yeah. Yes. So they're studying and working, fair enough, right? But the point is it doesn't happen for our own. Right? No. You rightly are wrong me I, I, and you can, can you understand why people are getting upset uh, listen the, I
1: understand people? what I, I have but I have the difficult job of a thing called balance as well where oh, I have I to keep that. everything balanced and I fair uh, and I, but I, I certainly do think about what I do listening to people every single day and how angry they are how they feel mm-hmm. disenfranchised I do get it
11: would you think that I'd have a balanced comment, do you this morning? Um, I, I just
1: had to, I, I just got the impression that you were saying uh, that, you know, that all too often they're freeloaders. I saw a fella yesterday, I saw a fella yesterday walking across the traffic lights at the Kinsale mm. Road roundabout. He was going back up to the um, uh, residential centre up above on uh, the airport mm-hmm. hill, you know the uh, the side yeah, yeah, of yeah yeah I know the bull McCabe and he was all dressed in construction gear, he had the boots on him. He was he was he was a, he was a black lad. He was about 20, 25, 26, 27, 28 whatever yeah. Um, so he's not sitting up there moaning and giving out about Ireland or anything like that. He had just finished a shift on a construction site and he okay. he looked tired after the work now and he was mm-hmm. dusty and his boots were dirty and everything. And I was saw him crossing the road and I said, "Fair play to you, boy. Well done, kid." Go for it.
11: Tell, tell me about Paddy, who went from the north side or part to the south side back in the 1960s, maybe into the 80s, when that was the economic downturn was there, when he went off over to London, yeah. right? On this last travel down the quay there. Yeah. I'm, young, I'm old enough now to be able to remember it, right? A £10 bus, yeah. And he went off with his £25 doll or whatever he got that time, right? And his bag. And he was never seen again. But he went to London and he had to do all that. He had to put on the, the construction clothes, and he had to live in a house with probably seven or eight other Irish fellas, right? And he had to walk way. But at some point, he okay. found himself a new life over there, yeah. right? And that's what prompted my, my, my kicking your butt this morning. Okay, good point. I
1: and, yeah. and, and I accept a lot of what you're saying. In fairness, Jim, I'm happy to draw back on some of the points that I made. I'm <laughs> going to park it and come back after well, a little. Well, Thanks, quite, Morris. All the best Neil. Enjoy your weekend. Bye bye. 0868104106. Very sad news uh, to report right now. The man that was uh, critically injured in Stryker in the Stryker explosion has sadly died. John Murphy, age 41, is understood to have died in hospital in Dublin last night with family members at his bedside. It is just tragically sad and our thoughts are with all of his family. Back after 11.
12: Hey it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Now,
2: the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FL.
1: On a free food Friday, you could be celebrating a big lunch with you and all of your workmates if you text who you are and where you are Two oh eight six eight one oh four one oh six 106 and some of the best food around full stop some of the best food around is Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park so some more shout outs for everybody at the Dairy Gold Accounts Payable Department to AP Vaughan Recycling to the B-Shift in Dupuy uh, love roosters working hard for the next 12 hours they could do with the food Keohan's Ready Mix are listening Foley's Plumbing and Toker to fuel the lads for the day Peter Marks in Blackpool made for you cleaning Middleton working very hard in Middleton and the city Bridgewater Homes in Rathcormack are listening as well as that Northside Tires in the Old Mallow Road Jenkinson's Logistics in Little Island Middleton Credit Union morning Jackie and Laura and the two car- Carolines Denise and all the staff at Little Hands Childcare Care and Redemption Road in Blackpool Rockwell Engineering in Cl- Sahin, AOC Commercials in Carrick Tool, and um, Plumbers Counter at the Irish International Trading Company in the Tremor Road. Great bunch, great shop, great fantastic business. Lehan Motors on the Airport Road would love feeding today. So would the accounts in the admin office at Easy Living. Um, back uh, at work again. Um, back to work and trying to catch up on all last week's work, so I definitely need feeding. Uh, says Ashling to everybody a nurtured child care at Ard Fallon Mall in Douglas Village Montessori and Black Rock Cody from Petrochem in Little Island one of the lads has gone on holidays talk about a lame excuse now have a listen to this this is a weak one uh, Cody a weak one one of the lads has gone on holidays today and the food would be great to take our minds off that <laughs> Surely you could do better than that. Everybody at Bespoke Hairdressing in Carrotool. Joe Je- Joe's Edge Hair Salon and Blarney. Um, Striker in Tool. It's Fish Friday again in the canteen. Something different to fish would be lovely. To everybody at the Elm Tree in Glounton, Great restaurant, great food. Busy weekend ahead, they say. Ross Oil's and Fernand's. D-Tops in Little Island. Quinlan's Motor Factors in Dennehy's Cross. Just one or two more. Ready Mixed Trucks at RPC College in Granada, Liam Lara National School, the fire station in Ballyvalan. I see them protesting every Sunday while I'm bringing my daughter to swimming. They deserve the treat. St. Paul's School in Montessori, Galco on the Tremor Road, and Ego Hair Salon in Cove. So one more bunch of shout-outs in about 20 minutes' time, and we'll pick a free Food Friday winner at about five minutes to midday. Back after the break.
2: Get it off your chest call Neil Brenderville now on 0818 104 106 Red FM the
1: things I want to do this morning it being Friday so for a lot of other business and I see it's very busy with calls and what have you on one or two different particular topics certainly anything related to Tommy coming from Scotland I will deal with that on Monday I promise you that um, just from one uh, topic to another, sorry Danny I should say from Scotland um, Tommy Tiernan um, we got quite an amount of interaction with regards to no mobile phones at the gig um, Mel said Tommy hates mobile phones at his shows. I've been at his gigs in the comedy club and he gives people fierce hassle if he catches them recording him. He mortified a friend of mine once when he caught her recording him. It must be hard as a performer seeing phone screens instead of faces though, particularly as a comedian, when you're relying on faces and laughter to gauge reaction. But people are distracted from the a moment by trying to catch it on their phones to share it on their social media, says Mel. Yeah, you make a very good point in Tommy Tiernan's defence. Now, this is um, some, a text from somebody who probably wonders whether I'll read it out or not. I'm happy to do so because it is, it's, it's his own life story. He says, I'm sick to my stomach. Please don't ring me because I'm actually too upset to talk. But I just got paid and I have 60 euro left till Friday next. I did five 10-hour shifts I work with a Ukrainian fella and he just got paid. He is saving €500 a week and he's expecting to go home next year with big bucks as he's self-employed. He'll be going home before he has to put in a tax return, he says. So I'd say he's going to pay no tax because he's going to go back home. He's buzzing going around the place and the Irish drivers are depressed. And when I say Irish drivers, I'm including foreign drivers that are now Irish. We're all broke except the Ukrainian fella. Can you... In fairness, tell me how that is fair. Love the show. I can't because it's what you're experiencing and I understand what you're saying. Uh, I think that he's doing the same shifts as you, the five by 10. The reason he's saving the 500, I suppose you're saying, is because a lot of his expenses are being looked after by the state. It's it's heartbreaking. And, and, you know, I understand why you feel so, you're too sick to talk. The pit of your stomach with 60 euro till next Friday. It's it's, this, it's it's just the system that we're in. Is it fair and equitable? No, there's very little about Ireland that's fair and equitable anymore. On Danny, um, who's living in a tent at 70 in North Cork uh, with um, cancer and going through chemo, Ireland got fined for not accommodating refugees by the EU. How come we don't hear about France being fined for the camps outside Calais? Um, you need to contact the Peter McVeary Trust for that man. He will sort him out. Um, he has to sue the government, Danny, for being not accommodated. After all, he's been left homeless, like other refugees. Let him go for his treatment and stay there. Do not move till he's accommodated, as in get into a hospital and take a bed. Very sad about the man, Neil, but our government now is more focused on letting 50% of the refugees with no passports into Ireland. Thank you for that text. Uh, Incidentally, by way of balance, that is not fair. I don't believe that the figure is 50%. I think we have nigh on 100,000 Uh, Ukrainian refugees and possibly another 50 or 60 before the end of the year. I think it's about 10, maybe 11,000 international protection orders. Desi says, listening to that man and all the recent stuff about asylum seekers and refugees, it makes me wonder what is happening to our little country. We were the land of 100,000 welcomes. Now it seems to be becoming the land of 100,000 go back to your own countries. It's very sad, but I know there will always be more kind people here than mean and selfish people. Uh, Neil, what's the crack? I'll pay for two weeks bed and breakfast for that man in Mallow. Text me or ring me back. Put me in touch. I'll sort it. You see? There you are, Desi. Isn't that the kindness you're talking about? The kindness of people. See, another person texting. I don't have it here, but I saw it on the screen. Offering 300 euro to help Danny out in the short term so thank you for all of those kind offers I will pass them all on, you are very kind listen, can I just come back Come back to a lot of this on Monday I promise you I will and hopefully we'll have some happier, more positive news regarding uh, Danny's predicament and and others might want to get involved in that conversation but you talk about the city and I know we hear all of the bad news stories and how when Danny was living up by St Francis Church he was robbed on a number of occasions and Watch taken off him and felt unsafe as a 70-year-old man sleeping in a doorway. But, you know, I was talking recently about buskers. Seamus Whelan did the most lovely piece of audio there recently, where he went for a walk around town. Um, they're talking about restrict the possibility of restricting buskers inside in the city. This report actually showed me that there are two different types. There are daytime buskers and then there's a the nighttime stuff. And apparently the nighttime stuff sometimes can cause a lot of rowdiness and trouble. But among the changers is the buskers would have to do two-hour playing limit in any one spot between 11 in the morning at 9 at night. They would have to have an extensive song list to avoid repetition and would also be discouraged to drawing large crowds that might block walkways, things like that. But they'd have to move around. They'd have to have a wide enough repertoire so people wouldn't go have their heads fried and heads wrecked because they were playing the same tunes. But he also spoke with a 73-year-old man who's bus- busking to earn money to pay for the fare to see his grandchildren in Australia. Another was sending money to the needy and the poor in South Africa. These are just South America, I should say. These were just a couple of the, the buskers that he actually got to chat with. But enough of me. Let's have an A.
10: I'm trying to get a few people to go back to Australia to see my grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> I went away when I was 18. And uh, I have to go back and see him at the end of this year, though. So, but I'm not on anything from the Irish government or anything like that, see. I'm 73, see, and uh, I'd have to go back working on the building site. It's killing me at 73, you know. I was away from Ireland for 42 years and, um, and I always wanted to come back to court to, to do my music, you know. I've written songs and stuff like that. Whatever happens, happens. I think it's better off as it is because people make up their own songs and they're on tunes I make up my own tunes it, it fills in my day see I live in a hill out there on my own there's nobody there anymore is this is uh,
13: socialisation for you, you get it is to- yeah you meet people
10: it's wonderful I mean I meet some great people there's a few clowns around of course but um, generally uh, it's meeting people and, and talking I mean I was isolated on that hill during the lockdown I didn't see anyone it was terrible just you and your accordion. that's it <laughs> it's good to be back in Cork but Well, it's a different car to what I grew up in, though, you know, I mean, uh, there was no vigors that you had to work in. The only problem with busking I have is that some people are too loud. I mean, some people are unbelievably loud sometimes, you know. But I've been busking for a long time and it seems like I'm never, I'm never no one ever complains about the noise people say it's not too loud so all the laws and stuff I mean I don't really see the point. I think they should just have a bit of a law maybe to keep people from being too loud when I was younger people would tell me to shut up <laughs> but now uh, after many years of playing but now it's the opposite now people enjoy to hear me <laughs> which is good
12: <laughs> what if I should become a stranger smile has been everything i ever had. I suppose uh, it's inevitable it will come eventually. It has been passed down in Clarnes, you know, it's, so it's in Dublin, it's in Clarnes, and it probably will come here. There's not really problem, really, with, with tours. They are proposed at 11 o'clock start. I think that they could make that 10 o'clock, maybe, like, you know. Like most buskers, I would know, like, in, in the city, anyway. The really good reputation that I mean, they have, like, mm. um, like there's some very good buskers in cargo <laughs> Little Birdie
13: tells me that that money isn't for you; that you end up bringing it to South
6: America to an orphanage. Is that true?
12: It is, yeah. Not necessarily orphanages to, to uh, uh, different different groups, yeah, 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 yeah. And how long have you been doing that? Um, mm, well, sixteen years, I'd say.
13: Yeah, yeah. And what sort of benefit do you see from the money that you're investing out there, the good people of Cork are giving you? What does it do for those out in South America?
12: Well, it's a big help to them. I buy what I can in regards of um, clothes, uh, uh, cheap shoes and things and, yeah, yeah, take them out. Yeah. Now, what started it all? Uh, I tell you, actually, I went out there um, about 17 years ago, my brother, and uh, we were staying in a hotel. A small hotel, there was these uh, apartments and uh, one morning, this woman came out on the balcony, what I perceived to be an old woman. I discovered afterwards, she was younger than myself, but she was she was doing this, like like brushing her teeth. She was actually asking us for toothpaste. So, yeah, so we got some toothpaste and threw it across. So we just said, do you want some clothes? so she said yes yeah, so all we had obviously it was men's clothes mm. so we made up a bag and threw it across so I just made up my mind I went back there again a few months later I brought, brought back kids, women's what I could bring you I mean like clothes so yes yeah, so that's how it started really like and I became friends there with those people and to this day now I'd still be friends <coughs> with them like if I go there I actually stay with them like and I am there will
14: be, a nation, let it be. Like people would listen to him or people were paid to go to see him. Yeah. They would like him. He's fantastic.
13: Me, you're a brilliant dancer. Yeah. Are you dancing all the time? Yeah. And do you like listening to the busking? Yeah. That's his favourite. He? Yeah. He's
10: your favourite.
13: Yeah. I love him. Do you? Yeah. And are there any other buskers you dance to? No, no him. just him. Just him. Yeah. No, 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 I love him. Go yeah, in, my favourite fella. Yeah. you have a bit of a fan club
4: there yeah that's what it's about just bringing uh, the people together that's why I say like, keep music alive on the streets because if you don't where could you see someone that happy at this time of the day when someone could be having a bad day that kid there looks like he's having a great day Yeah, in my eyes at the end of the day you know, we're here just a bit of fun, advertising music, advertising and what it we brings do. Brings people into it. Brings the people together. Well. And that's why I hear some people going on about Ork oh, can Cars obstruction there with, with crowds. That's only nighttime busking, that, that's when it gets roady. Daytime busking is nothing but peaceful and cheerful. Families, people passing by, and uh, you know it's, it's free donations as well. Nobody's asking for money. Just go out there and sing and have some fun, as I, as, as I say. You know, you, you
3: walk around and you play music, and and it's a way to make money for young people who don't, who can't make money otherwise. And uh, yeah, well, and I have to say
10: that busking isn't the same everywhere. But when you have buskers in Ireland, they can all play music. I think it's a shame. I think it's no lovely to have this
3: as a- like available to everybody it's really great for musicians especially after COVID with everything being locked down and everything for them and gets...
13: so you think they should be left alone and...
3: absolutely yeah yeah yeah. it's one of my favourite things about walking through Cork is
13: the buskers yeah. so I saw you were throwing a few coins into the yes, busker there they
0: deserve it don't they cheer us up too much restrictions are bad aren't they really I just think it's fun and you know if they make a few bob and make people happy how bad
12: Leave them alone. I think so. And some of these fellas have been in here for a long time, and they haven't a clue. And they they just keep repeating the same old thing over and over again. Now going back to the people who are good, leave them at, leave them alone. Don't. These people have no money. There's only bit of money they can get. They entertain people. They bring tourists back into the city, and people want something good leave it alone, don't charge them. I think that's,
5: that would be totally wrong. I can remember when we started, when we were like 18, 19, like we weren't the best. You know, we we're after improving big time over the years, true. Like uh, buskin teaches you a lot, you know, about performing and even do Ducro there, he's flying it at the moment. He's signed, supporting Ed Sheeran. He got asked in an interview, um, was buskin important to him? And it said, it really was, you know, helped him grow as an artist.
13: Empty you used to lay
7: beside me home every night I hope that he kisses you ten thousand times just to tell you he loves you
1: What is it with that guy? Does anybody get so talented as that Kean De Crow with Ellie Henderson and all for you. Uh, wonderful and, of course, busking background. He's got an incredible backstory, a great life story, um, him uh, and his family, and, of course, plays Cypress Avenue. Uh, a couple of gigs, I believe, isn't it? The 1st and 2nd of August as part of the Victory Tour. Tickets on uh, com. I don't know why I'm saying that. They're probably totally and utterly sold out, 100%, I would think. Anyway, that was incredible. I really enjoyed that. Now, um, after the break and just this side of midday, there is a very big event happening in the city, uh, tomorrow It's the Raise the Roof Housing Rally-, Rally. It's a call on the people of Cork to attend the Raise the Roof Rally tomorrow, Saturday. I'll tell you some more about that in a few minutes' time. And also, uh, Martin Leahy in studio is going to play us out live. You know, I was chatting yesterday about artificial grass. It never happened in my home, but many people were, were chatting and texting about a rumour. Uh, I'm laughing at the fake grass. We put it down last year. It's been a godsend for the dogs and the kids. Neil, fake grass, we've had it for years. Kids are playing on it. It's never, ever too hot. Don't worry about it. Lots of other people talking about uh, fake grass and stories like that. But also, yesterday we spoke about best friends and uh, with some lovely conversations with people. My wife's my best friend. We met when we were 13 and now we're 43. We spent almost all of our lives together. I have five kids and I can honestly say she's my best friend, not just my wife, but my friend. I can tell her anything. And she'll always have my back, says James. I'm accepting that as a gimme that you people will say my wife, my husband, my partner. And I get that. I understand that. But I suppose we're talking about outside of that. Um, <laughs> even if they're not, you're obliged to say they are. My best friend is Tara. We met doing our regional work in Australia. May um, I add, that was milking cows. The connection was instant and ever since. We've spoken every day, lived together, and are forever catching up. Um, my best friend's my son. Why? Because he's totally amazing. I ended up marrying my best friend, Neil. We met in 2016. Best friends first. Uh, she helped me through a difficult time in my life. She was the one I spoke to about girls I was seeing. And she gave me advice on past relationships. Seven years later, we were married with a son of her own. And now it's my turn to help her through a difficult time in her life. Oh, that's a fabulous text. Thank you for it. How can women have best friend a best friends day when all you hear is women slagging off other women? Maybe they should have an ex-best friends day. That might be better, says Desi. So that's just a selection of there's lots more besides. There's a lot actually of people who started out as friends. Here's one more for now. My husband and I started as friends while both in long-term relationships. These relationships came to an end and we both made a pact with each other to stay single for a year and have the best year of our lives without any significant others. <sighs> a week later, we were in a serious relationship with the other despite our pact Now we're happily married and still the best friends. They're fabulous uh, stories, and thank you for sharing them. Back after the break.
2: The Neil Frendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 106.
13: This land is your land. And this land is my land From the Wicklow Mountains Up to Rathlin Island From the hills of Kerry To the waters of the Liffey This land was made for you and me as I went walking, that ribbon of byways I saw above me, an endless skyway. I saw below me, an emerald valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land. And this land is my land From the Wicklow Mountains Up to Rathlin Island From the hills of Kerry To the waters of the Liffey. This land was made for you and me As the sun was shining And I was strolling The wheat fields waving The green hills rolling I heard around me all the voices sounding This land was made for you and me This land is your land and This land is my land From the Wicklow Mountains Up to Rattling Island From the hills of Kerry To the waters of the Liffey This land was made for you and me in the squares of the city Under Shandon Steeple, Down in penny dinners I see the people They stand there hungry And I stand there wondering Is this land made for you and me? This land is your land This land is my land From the Wicklow Mountains Up to Rastling Island From the hills of Kerry To the waters of the Liffey This land was made for you and me Oh, my God, Martin
4: Lee, you seriously worked that song. Thanks so much. Willie thanks, Guthrie would will be well proud of that. Oh, nice one, yeah, thanks. Oh, my yeah. God, that was awesome. Yeah, well, as you know, um, Billy Bragg um, did a kind of an English version Billy of it. Billy Bragg did, yeah. yeah. B- b- back in um, the 90s, I think. So he kind of replaced the, the parts of America with parts of England. And so. you decided to raise the flag for yeah, the exactly. Irish.
1: Yeah, exactly, ver- yeah. And listen, never was it truer ah uh, yeah absolutely yeah, you know what I mean yeah, yeah. considering what we're going through now for sure yeah. man that was incredible and of course you're going to be performing tomorrow let me bring in a compadre of yours Barry Barry Murphy by phone part of the Raise the Roof protest for Connolly Hall tomorrow Barry good morning
6: hi Neil how are things what about
1: that performance huh
6: he's some individual isn't he though incredible
1: yeah.
5: talent yeah
1: tomorrow you started Connolly Hall March and Rally Homes for All um half past twelve just before just before lunch kind of thing is it
6: yeah, we'll be kicking off from Connolly Hall at half past 12 We'll have the High Hope Square at Connolly Hall singing a few tunes and leading the march then up to the Grand Parade where we'll have a few speakers, including Katrina Toomey from Penny Dinners and we'll have the Stock uh, Craft Group making cardboard houses, um, you know, just to... People want to bring their kids along. We'll uh, kids along. We'll supply all the materials, free, and the paints and the coloring. You
1: talk of the huge dis- 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 dissatisfaction, I should say, of the people of the state towards government, isn't it? That's what this protest is about.
6: Well, this protest is about housing and the disaster that is housing. You know, you, there's twelve and a half thousand people homeless. I mean, we're one of the richest countries in the world. Three and a half thousand children have nowhere to call home, they have nowhere to bring their friends for a party, they don't know where they're going to be next Christmas Day, you know. A lot of us are lucky enough to take those things for granted, you know. But out there, you know, it's an absolute catastrophe for these people and their families.
1: You see the papers this morning talking about the fact that we have a 10 billion euro surplus for 2023 and there's even more billions to come because people are paying so much tax. They have a tax bonanza of an extra billion in PRSI. Jump in, Martin, if you want on this, because you you, you go to the doll every week and you sing about these things. It's not
4: that we're short of money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, it just seems to be a a gross um, mismanagement of the situation to let it get so out of control why is it, it so hard to build more houses if we have enough money yeah it's absolutely um, mind boggling um, yeah but if we, we we should have an answer to that but um, yeah and you know you have all the charities um, screaming at the government to build more social housing like Peter McFerry Focus Ireland Simon Katrina Adams, Toomey Katrina Toomey yeah so yeah it's it's very perplexing do you think well, we should then, go back you to... Know, yeah, you, you? Go on, Barry,
1: because I know you want us to be direct, build directly, is it? Not Not to yeah, have contract like, yeah, work.
6: Yeah, well, you know, they, they decided 40 the years ago that we're going to, you know, sub it out to the private sector. And this is where we are today because of that decision. I mean, in the 50s, 60s, the 70s, in a much poorer Ireland, the local authorities, the fabulous places yeah. like Balcon, Farnley, Grand Brahe, the side. using the direct, the, yeah, using direct labour I mean it's not that we can't do it it just needs the political will the people that are making the decisions to admit they've got it wrong and return to something that we've done very well not only here but Irish construction workers yeah. travel all over what the world what difference
1: do you think a march like tomorrow will make though because people have been marching and protesting for a long long time and things go from bad to worse
6: yeah, well, in March, tomorrow, it, it, like, we're, we're trying to empower people. You know, it, we're sick of the attitude that we're going to sit back and, and take whatever they throw at us, you know, uh, because it won't change. We can make a change. We stop the water charges. You know, if, if they try and mess around with the pensioners, the pensioners come out in the street. True. You know, and and we want people to come out in the street and send a very, very clear message. We have three cabinet ministers in Cork and send a very clear message to the ministers. We're not going to accept the status quo anymore. And tomorrow's only going to be the start.
1: And you're not isolated in that. There are protests and rallies outside their three constituency offices this morning by the families of elderly residents in Beaumont Nursing Care Home. Um, I'm assuming you won't have any politicians marching with you tomorrow, will you? You'll have, you, you have, you have yeah, the trade unions behind have, you, all right. But, oh,
6: you will have trade, politicians. We will. We will have opposition. Politicians are more than welcome to join us and they have joined us and uh, and their activists have been very active on the ground in leafleting people and we've had a fabulous response from people. You know, normally, like people that would be, you know, in this situation, like nurses and young teachers and guards, etc. this is affecting everybody. And if it doesn't affect you, Neil, it's going to affect your children or your grandchildren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we need it to change now.
1: Yeah. And, of course, a lot of those that are desperate for a home are actually working and well capable of paying a mortgage on a home.
6: Yeah, we have a crazy situation that if you're paying two grand a month in rent, uh, you're expected to save... of a deposit for a house as well. That's a a ludicrous situation. If you can prove that you have paid your rent over a period of two years, then we think that should be taken into consideration. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think the price of housing is
1: extortionate anyway, isn't it? Never mind the price the cost of renting. So are you expecting big numbers tomorrow then?
6: Yeah, well, we had fabulous feedback, so we're expecting thousands here tomorrow to join us, you know? and send that message, you know. It's okay. up to the people to send the message.
1: OK. And you will walk then from Connolly Hall directly to Grand Parade? Explain the route. Yeah, we'll go down Parnell Place, up Merchants
6: Quay, up Patrick Street, left onto the Grand Parade, and a big rally uh, on the Grand
1: Parade just near the fountain. But you're asking people to assemble at Connolly Hall, is it?
6: Yeah, we assemble at Connolly Hall. We leave from here. OK. We'll have a bit of music here, and then we'll march behind the race Roof later.
1: Okay, um, Martin, where's the music? Is it at Connolly Hall or are you playing again? And if so, if you're playing in Grand Parade, who are you playing with?
4: Yeah, so I believe that the High Hope Square are going to open it in Connolly Hall right. and sing behind the banner, and which will be a very kind of powerful um, way to start it. And then we'll march up to um, Grand Parade where there'll be speakers, Katrina Toomey and other people like that. And um, there'll be um, music. It'll be kind of interspersed with music Um, So there'll be music and a speaker and music and a speaker. And And that'll be yourself, Miles Gaffney and Karen Casey from Solace. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Okay, Okay. so it should be great.
1: Okay, so the message is uh, half past 12, Connolly Hall on Laps Quay, March and Rally, Homes for All, Raise the Roof, Marching uh, towards the Grand Parade. Anything else we need to know with this stage, Barry?
6: No, no. I I just need to know that to your listeners... You know, just give up one hour of your Saturday for for future generations, for the generations that are getting shafted.
1: You are so right. The generations to come that are getting shafted. The sons and daughters and the grandchildren who could well get shafted. Barry, thanks a lot. Much obliged to you. Good luck tomorrow. Hope everything works out thanks Neil thanks so much of course it will it's been well planned and everybody's behind it you're going to go out on um, probably a song that everybody knows at this stage because I've played it on the air often enough but on a weekly basis for a, nigh on a year
4: are you still doing it? I'm going still doing it yeah, I did it yesterday week 57 yeah <laughs> yeah this <laughs> Book of Records interested? Uh, not yet I haven't gotten into them but yeah yeah. <laughs> Martin Leahy with Everyone Should Have a Home
13: some people's misery, other people's gain Enrich the rich and make them richer They see property as opportunity A business that'll make the sickness sicker If they build too many houses, it'll drive down the price It's cold economics to them So there's no will to address it Cause it's not in their interest We've seen it over time and time again Everyone should have a home Everyone should have a home In this world, in this life, it's a basic human right to have a dignified place you call your own. Everyone should have a home. Everyone should have a home. Safe and warm where you belong. Everyone should have a home. Housing developers that are hung up on greed. Hungry vultures swooping from the sky. Suffying rents that are on the increase shamefully they bleed the people dry. All the vacant properties we can see them in our towns sign the papers, take down the boards. A home not a hotel, a home not a hostel, a home not a cardboard box on the side of the road Everyone should have a home Everyone should have a home. In this world in this life, it's a basic human right to have a dignified place you call your own Everyone should have a home, everyone should have a home Safe and warm where you belong, everyone should have a home Landlords and government who vote and legislate in favour of investments they control Our leaders, they facilitate and then wave away The emergency created at their door All the moneyed minds get richer The poor just fade into hovels and holes they can't afford Dystopian evictions, ruthless repossessions A wealthy country's people in a stranglehold Everyone should have a home Everyone should have a home In this world, in this life It's a basic human right to have a dignified place You call your own Everyone should have a home Everyone should have a home Safe and warm where you belong Everyone should have a home Safe and warm where you belong Everyone should have a home Safe and warm where you belong Everyone
1: should have a home. Awesome stuff, man. You pack some punch with a voice and a guitar alone. Thank really you. and truly well done. Martin Thanks. Leahy plays tomorrow with Moz Gaffney, Karen Casey. The march. Good good to see you, Martin. Cheers, Pi. Nice Thank you. Thanks. As always, tomorrow, Saturday, half past twelve, assemble at Connolly Hall and everybody then will march and hopefully all ages and people of all backgrounds from Connolly Hall to the Grand Parade tomorrow, lunchtime. Back after the break.
2: Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106.
1: Cork's Red epic OK, last bunch of shout-outs for Free Food Friday. Everybody at Tidy Mechanical Repairs in Ballycoreen to Rathbeacon Fireplaces Hollymount Industrial Estate. Morning all at Blarney Castle and Gardens. They're going to have a busy, busy summer. Can I also say that from Monday morning onwards we're going to start giving away some terrific family passes to all sorts of tourist attractions across the city. The county and if you are planning a summer that involves taking the kids or the family away for a day or an overnight or something, make sure you're listening for Monday because we literally have loads and loads of family passes for many, many different tourist venues. I spent an afternoon down at Photo Wildlife Park. I know, I should have stayed there. We spent an afternoon down at Photo Wildlife Park about ten days ago during the wonderful weather and the place is rocking down there. It really and truly is. So that's from Monday. Everybody at Topman Barbers and Ballincolig to weigh and dispense morning Thomas and all of the gang and chance in Ringaskiddy, to Honey Brown's Hair in Ballancolic, a shout out for Lora National School, uh, the Bonster Course Care Village Nursing Home on the Lee Road, Power Aggregates in Carrick Tool and also everybody at Thalgo Beauty Centre on the Torrey Top Road. Shout outs for all of you. But a Free Food Friday winner has been picked for this week and this will feed 15 to 20 of you, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Let's see first though what kind of form they're in before we decide as to whether they win or not. It's Irish removals in Bishopstown and Holly should be standing by Holly good morning
0: good morning
3: Neil how are you getting on you
1: have been texting for ages I
8: know I know we have been but we're we're delighted now our day has come
1: you never you never gave up it paid off in the end you must be texting like four or five years I'd say (laughs)
0: I got it to work, folks. <laughs> uh,
1: so, Irish removals, that's what you do. You move people around the place, moving homes and stuff like that, I guess.
0: Exactly,
3: exactly. Nationwide and over to the UK weekly we're all about. All, all about
1: right. This. So how many working with Irish removals?
3: So there's fifty working with Irish removals and they're all starving now. They need a bit of soakage before the pipe tonight. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so tonight. Is there something planned tonight, is there? Well sure, listen, it's Friday night, start weekend and style.
1: Ah, yeah, get out and enjoy it. Down a few. How many have you got around you now?
7: So I have a few around me now, but listen, it's not about the quantity, it's the quality. All right,
1: let's hear the quality of your shout-out then in your own time.
2: Okay. One, two, three. I love it. That's a beaut. That's
1: one of the best ones yet. I think it's so fair to say that Rooster's Piri Piri will feed between 15 and 20 of you this lunchtime and the Red Patrollers will stock it up and get it out to you in Bishop's Down. All right.
3: Sure is Thank you so much. If you're not too
1: far from here, come on, over for some of you. Uh, minding, I'm minding the old timber and the poundage at the moment. Thanks very much. We went on holidays and did the dog and I'm paying the price now. So eat away without me, all right?
3: Okay, so at least you know the opportunity Uh, are anyway. change.
1: You're kind enough for the generous offer. Enjoy. Well done, Holly, and all the gang at Irish Removers and Bishopstown. Well done.
2: Okay, and
1: you wanted a a shout out as well for Trevor and Brian and Keen and Fiona and David and Ryan. So well done to all of them as well.
3: (laughs) You're okay, but it's not Good luck. We love the show.
1: Good luck. Stay listening. See, it pays off. Keep texting. You'll get there in the end. Can I just very very quickly, just without, you know, messing around, I just want to go straight back to the English market, because I was talking earlier on with Tim Mulcahy in the week about all of the awful cracks and damage and wear and tear to the front of the English market on the Grand Parade. There may well have been a development since our conversation, so very very quickly, uh, Tim Mulcahy from the Chicken Inn. Tim, good morning.
14: Morning Neil, how are you?
1: Ha- has anything happened since we spoke on Wednesday, I think?
14: Oh yeah, we've uh, platforms now on the, on the Grand Parade and um, with a restoration company have come in and they're currently boxing off the um, ornate structures on the face of the English market um, so that if they do begin to crumble, at least they will be contained within the box and the, that they're encased in.
1: Because um, these, these are very important and very old, of course, what we're talking about, that
14: very, ornamentation. Yeah, very, very important. I was talking to one of the workers there and only told me that they literally have to find out what material these were made of. Wow. Um, and they'll have to recast them um, and just set them back in place again. Um, but they have to box them at the moment, just to make sure that if any of them do start to crumble, that uh, the debris will be contained within the within the box. Um, so we do expect the hoarding to be gone there in uh, in the next couple of days, as soon as uh, as soon as they're finished with it.
1: Yeah, but that's all very well. I wish I had more time. But when are they going to address the cracks and the crumbling structure?
14: Well, I'd imagine I'd imagine that'll all come into play along along with this because. Um, what you call it, I would be 100% confident that if, the, if particularly the City Council thought that there was any danger of collapse or anything like that, they'd have no hesitation of actually closing the market if it was a public safety issue. Well, you, you see, know?
1: that's the issue. We don't want that to happen. I mean, maybe no, the entrance from that side, but not to close it.
14: Oh, not at all. And what you call it, The I'd imagine they have, I'd imagine that was the first thing that was looked at, how structurally safe it was. Um, and I'd imagine that's got the, the green light um, and I'd say it's just kind of superficial
1: gotcha um, not an immediate danger to the public not an yeah. immediate danger Fairly. to the public and all. And alright all go on away and sell loads of chicken over the weekend stay in touch alright Cheers, Tim. Take care. Poultry in motion, lads. The chicken in. Fair play to Tim Mulcahy. Uh, I'm out of time. Um, We'll come back to everything else on Monday morning, I promise you that. There's a lot of stuff that we haven't got to. I know I say that, but it just gets so busy. Uh, Good luck tomorrow to everybody part of the rally. If you're heading, do support. All a welcome of all ages, half past 12 in Connolly Hall. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you Monday. For
0: more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.